Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of No Rogues Barred here on the Rogue Opinions Podcast feed. Now, my goal for when I started No Rogues Barred was, yes, to like, do interviews with the members of Rogue Opinions, but eventually when I got through everybody here, uh, I was going to start talking to people that I wanted to talk to in the world of podcasting, who I thought it'd be nice to have a wee chat with. But uh, there's been a wee bit of delay in one or two of the interviews that I've been wanting to do with some of the other team members, so I thought, look okay, why don't we start? integrating both ideas together so some weeks you'll have people from Roger Pines on some times you'll have people from outside coming on for a wee chat get to know them as well and what they're up to if you're not familiar and today we are bringing on somebody who we've had on the podcast before he uh, joined me and Carl way back when Pod and Easy was still called the Mandalorian pod uh, he joined us for an episode of that he is from ESSR he basically handles everything that goes on on the YouTube channel without that he probably probably wouldn't have a YouTube channel anymore it's Mr. Daniel Campbell. Hello, Daniel. Hello there, my friend. Uh, yeah, the YouTube channel is, you know, I've, that's that's been my baby for you know <laughs> much of the time. I've been in Suplex Retweet, so yes, I I claim ownership to it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we will talk about that uh, in a wee while. But you know, how, how are you feeling now? Because before we recorded, you said you were feeling a bit. Uh, you're still recovering from last night's festivities. <laughs> Uh, so me and my me and my fiance had a wee night out with a few of her friends. Um, she does on she does gaming with um on Twitch, and yeah, it was very um very interesting. Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of drinks going about. There was um they so they bought this gin tree. Like if you ever, if you've ever been to Masula in town, like in in Glasgow, they do this gin tree, and it can be anything from like forty two quid to forty six quid. And it's this big thing with like nine different glasses of gin on it. <laughs> and they think, and like that's, they gave us that. Um, because there was some kind of hold up with like getting into the table, they gave us a free um, Prosecco as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I had a vodka as well at one point. So, you know, don't mix your drinks, people. That's <laughs> the best <laughs> way I could describe it. But yeah, it was all right. <laughs> A bloody gin tree. I didn't even know that was a concept because you know, for me, me the biggest like thing I've drinking a bit of alcohol out of is like a, few, a month or so back when I grew this in the podcast, went up to a place called Bavarian Beer House and whatever you call it. Let's go. And you, you gave me these, these giant fucking steins of these giant, <laughs> giant glasses with a like giant handle on it. Yeah. I'm not too much a beer drinker, but one of the guys, uh, Stacey and, her, and Dave, recommended this particular one to me, and I tried it. Like, oh, that's very nice. And uh, I feel like something out of the storm movies. I thought when I went by, smashing the floor, I go, another. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could say you ended up like Jack and Victor in that episode still game with all, like the the off brand like the vodka that's going about, and Jack takes a drink and just immediately goes like, ooh. No, no. I mean that's a step too far. I mean I'm not a vodka drinker personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I had to get. Unfortunately, me and Alan were on that night, and we forgot that we'd agreed to do a podcast with our friend Jack at ten o'clock the next morning. Which oh no. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, same to say, we let Jack take the lead on that one. Yeah, just like guys, what do you think? I'm still waking up. Can, can, can you ask me that again in like half an hour? 
Jack, Jack before going like, all right, it's my turn to host. And I went, yes, even if it actually wasn't, I'd still let you host. <laughs> I'll still let you host. Oh, goodness sake. <laughs> but, you know, give you a more, like, say you do a podcast, and, like, I've thought about ESR on this podcast before. I often try to, like, make mention to it whenever I'm doing the plugs, which has got me the reputation here as the guy who does 40 million podcasts. But, uh, you know, it's very busy over ESR, and uh, I, I was around ESR, like, I joined sometime in 2018, but uh, you joined in late 2019, Shortly after the second anniversary, is uh, Stephen decided to do a wee recruitment drive, if you want to call it that. But, uh, but before that, I mean, ESR had a, a strong following, you know, uh, by that point. I think it had been around for two years. But were you, how aware were you of ESSR before you have you know, applied to be part of the podcast? So I've, I became aware of ESSR after I went to a source show earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I went to Source and I followed uh, the Twitter page and there was, I think around about that time, I think you guys had done some interviews with them. So I was like, oh, there's a podcast during Glasgow. Nice. And then I saw there was a YouTube channel attached to it as well. I open it and I see one of the videos. I, I do hate to bring this up, Scott. It was the oh, heel turn of the century. Um, oh, fuck off. And the first thing I realize is, hang on a minute, that's... That's the radio studio at Cali, at Glasgow Caledonian. I'm like, mm-hmm. I went there. Yeah. Do you mean to tell me these guys might have been there when I was there? Now, I found out, of course, you weren't there You know, mm-hmm. when I was at uni, but I was just like, they record that at Cali. That's that freaking awesome. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I'll keep an eye out. They might want someone on there. Like, and I kept listening afterwards. I think the first one I properly listened to was... Um, we we met, we mentioned that we were chatting off off air before um the uh, Union Dale Gate scenario <laughs> um that was my first episode that I heard um yeah I was just like okay these guys sound like they they just all go in and have a laugh they roast each other they mm-hmm. you enjoy chatting about wrestling so you know it's my bag I'll take it um <laughs> and then the recruitment drive came along mm-hmm. and I just thought you know when in Rome I may as well. <laughs> I'm a bit of a hermit, so I need I need to get out. I need to socialize, <laughs> and I I applied in, and I I somehow passed the the process. I got in. <laughs> I got through to judges' houses, and they okayed me to go on the final shows. Um, Simon was a bit of a dick, but hey ho. Um, <laughs> oh wait, that's X. No shit. Oh, so so ESSR you're talking about? Okay, yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So what, what was who, who, who in ESSR made you go to their house? Name and shame them. <laughs> Stephen did things. No, I'm kidding on. I'm kidding on. Don't worry. Um, but monster. <laughs> we know it's his podcast. He doesn't need to do anymore. Um, but now the first, the I think the first thing that I had to do was I had to write in. They asked me, you know, just general bits like how much of wrestling do I like? What what do I enjoy? Um. And then there was two bits that I had to do. I had to do one kind of wee written piece that I did, which I think was about um, long-term booking and what I felt was, you know, wasted opportunities. And then they said, can you do a vocal piece so we can actually hear you? Mm-hmm. And so I sent in this five-minute pitch of how I would have booked Baron Corbin to win the Universal title in 2019. <laughs> and it was... It was the basic crux would have been 
instead of Lesnar hijacking the money in the bank cash in, it would have been Corbin instead. All right. And then, you know, the, the final image when he eventually would cash in on Rollins would be him walking out, one hand in the air holding the title, the other one flipping off the audience, <laughs> you know, and you'd just be like, oh, the disgrace on this, Baron Corbin, how dare he? And you give him nuclear heat instantly just from doing that. Like, he would have, he would have absolutely thrived with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was somehow that got me in. <laughs> somehow, yeah. Yeah. I think it was the boldness of wanting to put a world title on Baron Corbin in 2019 was probably what they respected about that. Just anything that was better than how they booked him, just, you know, anything would have been better. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, cause I was curious about how you, what the process was of you joining in because I don't have that same, some, that same story. I got in, they needed a spare person. Oh, Ross, your brother's into wrestling and also <laughs> nepotism works, people. <laughs> Just like, hey, you know him. I, you know him. Yeah, okay, right, in you come. Um, no, I got blooming applied to this email, like DM us and sort this out. Although the funnier bit was after I joined, I can't mind what show it was we did, but one of them had a poll on it for like who wins X, Y, and Z. And Ross, Ross likes to win. Mm-hmm. I think we can put that politely. Yeah. So he, he DM'd a few people and I found out the best part of all was I going to work the next day and one of my one of my mates goes, Do you know Ross McLeod? And I'm like, Yeah. And he went, he's DM me on Twitter asking to vote for him in a poll. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, your your jaw should be right. He showed me the screenshot and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I got him back on the quiz show then introducing him with that and he was just like I, you could even I could even see in his face he was just like, damn he brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, some of the things that you've gone into what Daniel's talking about with uh, the YouTube channel, the video he's talking about was yeah, we did we started a thing, our own money in the bank on ESR because we like to do sweepstakes and quizzes, and we've even given ourselves our own championship. Uh, and then we, we came up with spare change in the tin, which is our version <laughs> of money in the bank, which could be cast in any time. It's the one question uh, thing for the title. The, the most frightening noise in most, most champions' mind is the opponent's theme music hitting, <laughs> knowing that they have the Bunny in the Bank briefcase. For us, the most frightening thing ever is hearing a couple of coins rattling around in the box. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when I surprised you were talking on an episode of a podcast when uh, I added Andy Mitchell to it because he was uh, spare change and Dave was the champion. I'm like, do you hear that? The jingling. Is that, is that someone with their spare change? <laughs> And then the like, what's going me. on? But yeah, I've been casting on twice that year, the same time being the one that you talked about. So when Stephen started, like, it was on my birthday, by the way, this podcast was being recorded on where I got cast in on. And so Stephen started talking about, oh, we can't end the show yet. And I'm like, I'm looking over my show, like, what's happening? Where are they? <laughs> I said, oh, we've got you some cake. He went, oh, nice. And then comes Sarah, who was 13 in the 10 winner, what's a cake? Which I remember joking on a, a recent live stream uh, saying I never ate that cake. I was being legit because uh, my mum made a better cake and, I, and we just forgot about the cake. And by the time we got to like, this cake's been, this, this cake's been here about a week or so, we should probably throw it out. Oh, God. Yeah, at that point, just no. <laughs> yeah, plus, plus it was store bought, so it probably didn't have a long shelf life to begin with. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. wow. So, yeah, I became very wary. And like, we, we, we've kept this square change thing going. And my only thing, oh, I, ne- I don't care how many more times I win the Aces or how many more quizzes I win. I just want to win spare change one day so I can make <laughs> someone else feel the same way I have. 
Well, we, have, we haven't done a spare change sweepstake for a while, have we? I, know, I think we were meant to do one money in the bank. I don't know if we did it. So. Oh, come on, that's ages away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but who knows? I, but like that Cali studio, that, we used to do it somewhere else. I only did the old studio a couple of times. It was just further along, like... It was on like one of the top floors of that's where they used to introduce the show mm. was in over 14 stories above Glasgow because it was like on the 14th floor. No. And then we moved to Cali and the small studio, which was, it got very warm in there very quickly. You know, you got at least five people, which includes mm. our EP Quackby on the production side. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't uncommon for him. We took our breaks for everybody to immediately get the hell out of the room. Go downstairs yeah. and, get more, and get more stuff in the vending machine just to cool themselves off. I know that was a that was a good part about doing it there because it was kind of fun for me as well because it was like home ground in a way because I'm like I've been here like four years already like from 2013 to 2017 so I was already familiar with it and I'm walking around and half the time it was just me going oh yeah I forgot I remember that's still there oh yeah there's that wee social space in there oh that's, I remember that now um and then walking into the the computer lab I felt sorry for everyone in there because basically Sometimes if we didn't get the studio, if it was too busy, we would record downstairs in one of the group study rooms that's in the uni's 24-hour computer lab. Yeah. And it would be people in there, they're probably, you know, headphones in, late study, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then it's interrupted by about six people in one of the study rooms pissing themselves laughing at a burn or something. And that yeah. would be us. So imagine how they felt one time when Quacko said to me, hey, can you um, do an advert for us? Yes. I'm like, and... <laughs> I do this big advert, big booming, you know, X Factor style voice. <laughs> and I, I can't mind who it was. It may have been Jack. He just went, you know, but five people just turned around outside, right? <laughs> I'm just like, sorry. Because <laughs> yeah, I'd forget that, that glass. Like, it's not exactly soundproof fucking glass because like two thin sheets of glass and then the door in the middle. Yeah. And occasionally, you know, the people have issues, myself especially, controlling the volume of their voice. Especially when they're getting really passionate about a point they're making. And so every so often you have to get remember that there's fucking people outside and people are, would turn around. You just get it, someone it, pulling it, a Ross Geller just doing that hand motion thing, just like, bring it down. <laughs> uh, can we talk about that voice for a second? Just like, I think as soon as some of the guys in the pocket scared you, they just used any excuse to like to get you. Do like, <laughs> they did a few, few times like intro voiceovers. And yeah. Things. Like um, I think the first proper time I used it on anything was the, I think it was the first Saturday Draft Live we filmed. Um, because I thought I'll throw in a wee voiceover at the start, just you know, to throw to you and Dave when you were doing it. So basically, for anyone who you know maybe hasn't watched TV or you know lived in a cave, uh, there's there's um there's a guy called Peter uh, Dixon, I think's his name, and he does a lot of like voiceovers for TV shows, particularly the X Factor was the main one he was known for. And that was his main thing was doing the big, you know, booming voiceovers. And I sort of over the years got an impression of it. And, you know, it's literally just the starting point for me is just for him to do his ladies and gentlemen part and then just insert name here. So I did it for the, the, the Saturday Draft Live episode, just going, and now it's Saturday Draft Live. And I did that. <laughs> so immediately everyone's just like, he did the thing, he did the thing. Um, but <laughs> nah, I, I did that. And then all of a sudden I was like, here, can we do, um, you know, more stuff? So when we did uh, 
when we had our suplex retweet extra feed, um, I did an advert for it with that voice. And everyone's hearing me do in the in this wee little room with not much with bugger all soundproofing in it. Suplex retweet extra. <laughs> and that's the moment Jack Graves just like, I feel sorry for the people outside. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was like nearly a minute long here to do like do the voice, run down the things that we had on and like mm -hmm. where you can find it. And it's not as if they made you do one take as well. They made you do a few of them as well. Oh, it got even better because Quacker then sent messaged me like a few days later, just going, "It distorted too much. Can you please send me a voice note of it?" For fuck's sake! Yeah. So, like, basically, like the bit where I do the massive suplex retweet extra yell that distorted too much. So I was like, "Okay." And so there I am. <laughs> it wasn't even like I was everywhere like quiet. I was over at my part. I was over at my at Pamela's house, my fiance, and I'm literally just hunched in the corner where there's like minimal sounds. Like literally. You could be walking past the room and all you just see is like my legs sticking out from the bed from down at the side of the bed and i'm just sat there in the corner just yelling into my phone suplex retweet extra <laughs> and it's like is daniel okay oh it's fine yeah yeah it's right. cool not having a breakdown or anything uh nothing's got to him today he's fine because <laughs> like i think like, like, quacker our producer kind of had you do a few dates because quacker's a nice guy but he does warn every new person that comes in like when he goes full producer, he can be very demanding. Like, can you do things a certain way? Can you do them a couple of times just to make sure it's perfect? Oh, it's the same in GTA when we're playing GTA with him. It would be um, like we could be like just mucking about in the session there, just be like, Daniel, can you help me sell a business, please? Can you do this? Can you sort this guy out? This guy's just came over and attacked me. Can you chase after him? And I'm just like, sure, Mr. Producer, I will. The best bit was there was a guy we were gaming with. Um, I can't mind where he's from, but he but Quacker's name Quacker's gamer tag includes Mister in it, mm -hmm. which is which has led to one of the best moments ever, which is just hearing some guy referring to him constantly as Mister Quacku. <laughs> <laughs> like it makes him sound like a Bond villain. <laughs> it's just like I'm, I'm sorry, Mister Quacku. I won't do it again, Mister Quacku. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like this, this is perfect ammunition here. <laughs> uh, at least the people can actually think. Because I remember one time. There was this thing that they, these people tried to run these like independent wrestling media awards or whatever they were called, mm -hmm. and we watched the, the the live stream of them announcing it. And like it was a whole the whole production they had set up was just a shambles. We were even watching Stevens because ESR was up nominated for something which mm. we didn't we didn't get. Uh, Coldholic was in the same category as us, which upset Stephen greatly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, like the views of Stephen Wilson do not reflect those of ESR or its affiliated so like. <laughs> Like, he was very upset about it because, like, I think they were also they were known than us or most of the other people in the category. So of course they they won, but also they did a weird thing called Fan of the Year, which Quacky was up for because he was a regular at a lot of indie shows, especially in Scotland. Uh, well, he ring announces most of them, so yeah. <laughs> well, even, well, even before that, that's how they that's probably how he gets in. He just shows up enough times. They thought, ah, oh, you you're here often enough. You get in the ring and ring announce it. <laughs> he's not a, a silent man either, Quacky. Yeah, um, I did kind of I did get Quacky. Admittedly, I was laughing because um, so I went to a show just around about the time I actually joined, and this is before I properly met everyone in person. Quacky ring announced the show, mm -hmm. and I decided to be that guy. Referees counting the pin: one, two, kick out, sweet. <laughs> and I and I remember like turning my head at one point. I got daggers off of him. <laughs> 
he just was like that dirty manky lanky wanky bastard how dare he but yeah I, I told him that was me but Slayer it was just like you dick I knew it was you <laughs> like he's that loud at wrestling shows like we went to ICW ICW ran the Hydro three years in a row and the third and final year they ran it because the attendance of that one was showing but we were in a seated area up me and my brother and a couple of the other guys I think it might have been Gary and Derek up at one of the higher like seating levels and Quacko, Stacey, and one of their other pals are way over at the other end of the hydro in the seating areas. And Quacko's voice is egg reverberating around the hydro, like this big circular dome venue. It's just reverberating, like, how did you hear me? It's like, like, how did you know I was shouting for Jackie? Like, Quacko, we're like, we could hear you from the other end. And you know, the best part like, was, I was there too, and I heard him. <laughs> like, well, well, what's funny about it is, like, he wears so much bright going, so, like, it was, the lights were down. But you could still tell where he was because you could see a bright from from right where the sound was originating. You could see a bright yellow T-shirt. Yeah, like something something a display. Like it's like looking over there, up there, where there that looks like an unlock. <laughs> there, there that looks like a, a video game character you haven't unlocked yet. Like Quacku, uh, like if Seth Rollins is the drip god, Quacku is the Adidas god. That's the best way we can describe it. Quacku has got such great style when it comes to this. He was, he, he was even saying to me, he's like, I've got ideas for like outfits I can wear for ring announcing. They'd be so fantastic. And I'm just like, another Adidas. Oh, baby. <laughs> he's fighting for that sponsorship. I think like when we went to Amsterdam for Alan Stadu, when Quacku heard there was like a big Adidas store in Amsterdam, that was his. That was his main goal for the whole trip. <laughs> Just hear the red light districts there. Who cares? There's an Adidas store. <laughs> <laughs> That's what gets Quacko's motor running. <laughs> but but, oh, like, but what I was saying about Quacko originally is like this, these awards like in the set we saw, we were all whole time we're sending it to like, but if we tried to run do something like this, we'd do a better job. But these it's very very English sounding man and this female presenter with them like doing the reading out the nominees. And the guy clearly never, never met anyone with as unique a name as Quacko. He's reading out the list of the nominees in Quacko's character category. And then he pauses. And then still we all tell he's got to Quacko's name. And he just goes, Quacko. <laughs> to the point where every, every so often when we do introduce a show, sometimes we joke that we couldn't pronounce his name as a wee joke to take the piss out of that guy. I think the worst the worst part we heard was I remember we did um that wasn't even a podcast thing we were on gaming one night and we were on with our friend Tom who lives over in in Holland and he uh, he just all of a sudden drops in this fact that if you were to change one letter in Quacku you would get the Dutch word for cream pie <laughs> and we were just like you've got to tell us which one. <laughs> And so we we bound him up the pur- the whole night. I felt sorry for him, but I didn't. I mean, uh, I mean, you got to let him know. I mean, if Quacko ever wants to start an OnlyFans, he's got his uh, username already. Oh, it's, it's not an OnlyFans. He has a very different name for it. Um, you know, an only uh, I'll, I'll say the polite version, an only Sir Berkeley Hunt. Um, that's his <laughs> version of it. <laughs> uh, the people have learned more about Quacko in the last half hour or so than they have about you, I think. But... Welcome to the Quacko Ad J Profile Show. <laughs> Like a message cracker that we talk about him on the show, on the show, you'd be delighted. Ah, just like, oh, how long did you talk this for? About 20 minutes. What? Cracker just phone a DM, like, what do you mean I look like an unlockable play- PlayStation character? <laughs> well, all we could see was your t shirt. <laughs> just like, uh, you had to mention what Tom said. <laughs> but, like, I was saying the podcast, uh, 
before you like join your third, were you listening to a lot of like podcasts like wrestling otherwise? I had started listening to a few. So I, the main kind of ones I had to- listened to was like Talk is Jericho. Um, cause that was out for quite a bit. And then I don't know when they went up. I think it was maybe before I started listening to ESSR, but something to wrestle with went on the network. Yeah. And so I would watch that and even listen to a few of the audio episodes. Um, but uh, podcasts were very, I don't know, like, uh, like the main ones I was listening to were wrestling ones, but then it's only been since knowing Pamela that I've been able to listen to like different ones. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of my favorite non wrestling podcasts is such a brilliant premise is my dad wrote a porno. Oh, fair to this one. Like, it's, for anyone who's not heard about it, it's basically a, a, like, a few people that work in media um, and a guy found out that his dad writes really shit porno stories in the, in the garden shed. Like, like as, as far as we're aware, the mum's fine. She just, you know, tells him keep it to himself. Um, but he like, thought like, this like, is... Like, like, I doesn't do it professionally or he does it as a hobby. Uh, as a hobby, but you're, these are these are like kid stories. These are like stories that a, you're, you're a five year old kid could have wrote it and it would sound even better. Like that's how bad we're talking. And it's 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 um it's it's called Belinda Blinked. Uh, the story of how Belinda Blumenthal, the best sales rep at Steel's Pots and Pans, got her big bonus. Um, and it's <laughs> the, the dialogue is just so horrible. The main gag is that every time Belinda blinked, that's her way of going, dude, I want to. Like, that's her way of, like, curing it. And it's and the best part about it is you get the, the guy whose dad wrote it, wrote it, he presents it and he reads the chapter. And he's got two folks. He's got Alice Levine, who I think has got a show on Radio, uh, Radio 2, I think, or I can't remember what station it is. She's on it. And then one of their other friends, um, he's... You know, he's he's hearing this stuff and he's just going, um, I can give you the, the, the perspective. I don't do that stuff with them. So yeah, how is that possible? <laughs> and it's just them ripping it for a full episode. They've done six seasons of this now. And they had they even had an HBO special. Like, <laughs> it's became this big thing. And we went to see them live. And it included a moment where he, like, the dad had written something about the cervix and then the last just went up oh, i can't he does it all the time and then cue an actual five minute powerpoint presentation of the cervix how it works what it does how it's impossible to do what he had wrote on it and oh you, you'd be sat there you actually gripped by the story a wee bit and then you hear something bloody ridiculous and you're wetting yourself laughing <laughs> like listen to it just it's, it's something you have to hear to know what i'm talking about the only reason I know about it is like most podcast nats that you, you I use, like every so often when it recommends stuff, it's one of the most recommended podcasts that usually shows up. There is a reason for that. <laughs> given the, and given the title, you wouldn't expect it, but Yeah, just just like seriously, his dad wrote a porno? What but it, it got to the point where they would he just he did it as a joke with his mates, just recorded it, but then now the dad writes for them. <laughs> so he gives them the stuff. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about like your your first show. Uh, I believe it was an NWO kind of history of like work mm. profile. I think you actually you ended up managing to do two shows like back to back, like in like back to back weeks. Yeah, and I remember like hearing in the group chat. I don't know if uh, I much you. We always like to make wee group chats for each show, and I t- been told, "Oh, uh, Daniel, one of the newer guys is going to be on." I went, "All oh, right," and I seemed to process that at some point between hearing that and showing up at Cali. That information just went out of my head because uh, <laughs> I hadn't met Jack, but I'd heard one of the shows he's on 
Uh, God bless PJ. It took him a few months to really settle in because he was very nervous. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so I saw uh, in one of the study rooms where we are, uh, we're recording it, and I see you there. And it doesn't process to me that you're here to do the show. I just think that you're just somebody that Quacko knows. Because <laughs> getting to know Quacko, you know that he knows <laughs> a lot of people. Like literally walking anywhere with Quacko on a night out, a wrestling show, every so often someone stands stops and talks to him, he chats him for a It's like being out with a mob boss. He's like, ah, ciao, hello. <laughs> it's like that on gaming as well. Like someone will, like we can, we, we'll like try and get a, a session in GTA where it's just like our main group, just that way we're not going to be interrupted. And then someone will join and we'll just go, do you know them, Kwaku? And usually the answer is yes. <laughs> like legit. But one of the things where it really hit home that he is one of the people who just seems to know everybody is that we were at a, a I believe, so we all, I'd, I'd only known the guys really for less than a year's point, but I'll invite a group of us there to Hazel's uh, 30th. Hmm. Uh, we're all at this space we haul and everything. And then Kwaku walk, rocks up, and it was the first time we'd seen him in anything that wasn't shorts, and like, he was actually properly dressed up for this. <laughs> and then he walks by us, he walks by us, our t- we table, we're chatting to him, and then he wanders over, and then starts talking to these these people, and I'm like, does he fucking know somebody here or not? <laughs> And somehow, like, either his brother's missus is related to somebody in Alan's family or something. Uh, brother's missus cousin, I think. Um, something like that. So they are. So technically, Alan and Kwaku are actually related. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like it's like how we keep going. Like, we've got a few families in Suplex we tweet. We've got the Kennehans and the Walsons, <laughs> and we've got the McLeods, and now we've also got Alan and Kwaku uh, yeah. through their relate. Their, like it's like it's like the first time i heard it i thought it was just going um oh yes he's related to me through my uncle's fifth brother second uncle fans like fifth auntie like you know something like that and i'm just like it's gonna be like one of those who do you think you are episodes where it's like you have to do a family tree and it's like connect the dots here see if you can match them <laughs> i know we've got, we've got almost as many families as there are in game of thrones on the podcast at this rate but like yeah we, we haven't know. had any red weddings yet so i'm gonna be happy with that at least <laughs> But like yeah, I think even Stephen that who knew him a bit better than I did, were even like, do you fucking know somebody here or not? <laughs> <laughs> off and start chatting to somebody and like, how the fuck does he know people here or not? But, yeah, but that's like, that's how quacker. <laughs> so that's so I wonder, and, and I just assume that you've, you're somebody one of the other students who's wanted because every so often we'd go into the studio, somebody else who works on the radio either does stuff before us or after us. Mm. Or it's always chatting quacker, helping them set up or so often. Yeah, I, I, I have no clue who Daniel is. I wonder. And then it takes a wee while of awkward stand there before it clicks to me. Oh, is, this, is, he, is he one of the new guys? Oh, hello. I suppose <laughs> the best be polite and address myself, isn't it? Yeah, just he was. Uh, I remember coming in and it was Quack who was setting up, and I can't mind. I think Andy was with him because Andy was hosting that one. And I just like chap in. I just like, I'm like, okay, I've got to make a, a funny first impression at least, you know, try and crack him. So I come in and I don't know where this voice came from. But I just channel the best way I can describe it. I channel my inner Robin Williams. <laughs> I open, I chat the door. He's the the writer's room, <laughs> and they're just like, "What?" And I'm like, "Okay, then, Mark, I'm here for the show." <laughs> but um, it went well, and then we were talking about the member reveals, and then I at one point just thought, "Right, I could get a wee gag into this, just try and make myself mm-hmm. feel comfy." Um, and I'll just be like, yeah, I remember that that time they revealed the guy. He came through the wall and it, the pyro was going off. It was absolutely fantastic. And the helmet came off. Wait, shit, that's a shot master. 
<laughs> and I say that we like there's a wee giggle in the room just like that, and then two about two seconds after everyone's like kind of started dying down, Quacko just explodes. <laughs> like <laughs> he was fully cracked, and I was like, okay, I've, I've done my bit, and Quacko joins in. Of course, the the bit I love sometimes, even like hearing it, is sometimes when we were in the studio, Quacko wouldn't have a mic directly facing him, mm-hmm. so you would just hear him in the background of everyone else's mics and you're just like yeah he's definitely loving this it's like when you hear the producer on a tv show off stage like and you hear them laughing on something that was what it was like with that so i was happy with it and then i think it was like a week later steven said someone's pulled out of the um the survivor series show do you want to come on and do it and i'm like yeah i'm free i'll come in um and he went good just don't be quacker this time because <laughs> <laughs> like because again we're still doing it in the study room so Kwaku when he prop when someone properly gets him and he just like breaks everybody had that these jokes I just caused you just to, like I'm done I'm away I'm yeah Kwaku gets it it's something to behold because <laughs> I can I can give you one more about a time that happened uh during lockdown so uh Quacker and I game quite a bit every now and then, and we have like a, a good group of us who like game. And we've got a pal of ours, Steve, who lives down in St. Helens, uh, near Merseyside. And uh, Steve at one point get pinged for track and trace. You know, like you have to test and make sure you're, you know, he's fine. And Quacker at this point is, you know, it's night, he's settling in, he's starting to put on TV. Um, and he's, he's, he's got his show ready, he's put it on. The only problem is it's EastEnders. So, um, you might know where this is going. So Kwaku, so Steve just goes to, to Kwaku, just like, yeah, I got, I've, I've been pinged for track and trace. So um, I'm going to be taking a test soon. Uh, I'm booked in to get a PCR tomorrow. Kwaku just goes, oh, geez, that's horrible. I hope you stay safe, man. And we all start laughing. And Kwaku's not twigged it yet. And we're just like, mate, you literally just said, I hope you're safe. And then QD Stenzel seemed like a bloody cliffhanger. He was gone. <laughs> just, he was just laughing, just like, I am so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. And it's became like a running gag every now and then that if he comes on and says something daft, like there was a good hour where Pamela just would play the East Stenzel theme on repeat just after everything he said. So what are you guys up to tomorrow? Doof, 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 doof. But yeah, he's, he, he, He's fantastic for moments like that. Yeah, like wait, like he like got tears streaming in his face, like and that, that <laughs> and those are moments that I always felt bad for the people outside whenever Quacky got rolled back. It always like <laughs> like looking back at you could tell that when you were doing that, you could just tell them like ah, uh, this is he's finding it, he's still a bit silly finding acceptance amongst the bigger boys. So he's finding the new kid at skills being welcomed into the group. <laughs> I I did good at first. <laughs> <laughs> that comes back to my Did you make any new friends today? <laughs> yeah, I came back and my mum was just like, how did it go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like, yeah, we, we tried wrestling. I'm, I'm happy. Quacko could be like a stickler for like, like getting things done with something from a certain time. But sometimes it's him that causes stuff to go awry. Like one of the best outtakes that ever happened in the show was during a hardcore tale show where we were reading feedback and we were laughing at somebody's name. And, uh, we were like, everyone was sniggering at it and Quacker's like, oh, yeah, stop it. Because the guy whose name was Ian Edward Bona. Uh, <laughs> I know. And so Quacker grabs it. Get, Quacker gets it, right? And he starts to read it. And then all of a sudden he starts laughing. And once he breaks, everybody else does. So that's all the thing right then. And then 
he goes, okay, move to the next person's comment. All right, and legit, I shit you not, he's going to the next comment. Uh, okay, so John Woodcock says... Oh, no! And then we thought we were uh, fine with it, but then a few months later, Cracker broke again when we were reading it. Feedback. I think it was a look back of the year show. Mm. And it was John Woodcock again. Everybody sniggers like, wait, let's let's not do that again. And he was like, oh, about favourite moments of the year, and it was when Kofi won the title. But a guy called John Woodcock says, when Kofi, <laughs> King- when Kofi Kingston won the big one, and Cracker's oh, no. gone, we're all gone. Oh, right, it's... It's stuff like that you don't prepare for. I mean, he played me that, and I was just like, "Yeah, that, I w- I would have been the same in that case." It's like, um, okay, we just we have um, uh, we have a new comment, and here we have this one from Ivan Yakinov. Um, uh, like, like I, I'd have been the same. Somebody, one of the ones like, uh, there was the time where Dave was hosting the show where we did our break, and we were coming back. Dave was going to read out some of the comments. It was about the history of SmackDown or something like mm. that. And there was somebody whose name that looked very difficult to pronounce. I'm not even going to try because I can't really remember how it was. And apparently Quacker took Dave aside and made sure he gave him the right way, best way to pronounce it. Mm. And still, when they came back, Dave still somehow fucked it up. Oh, no. And we all started laughing at his inability and Quacker going mentally. Like, I just told you how to do it. Some of the best moments that we have as well don't happen on mic, which annoys me because there was a brilliant moment. Um, we did... Uh, Actually, no, this happened on mic. Um, well, the first half of this happened on mic. The second half was afterwards. Um, so, um, we, what was it? We're talking character changes, and Tensai comes up in conversation. Oh, I remember. And Kwaku um, just chips in, just going, can't be any more embarrassing being named after a piercing on your cock. And Hockney, I think, maybe misconstrued a wee bit and just goes, wait, what's a Tensai? <laughs> and we're just like in fits of giggles. Dave's just sat there, just like, hell to say, like, what's happened? Obviously, and then, about, obviously we're talking about a Prince Albert, but I think uh, there were things like that just so, ah, Dave, what a shelter for life you <laughs> And then the best bit is that after we finish recording, uh, we're just like, by the way, Dave, you actually know what we're talking about, right? And he's like, what? A, a Prince Albert's a piercing on your. your, your you can get a piercing in there and it's literally this ring on the end and he's just like that's a prince albert <laughs> and i'm just like yeah this no <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is just us this has just been us roasting people on esr this is just gonna be us like reminiscing about the, the before times uh, <laughs> like uh, before all our conversations became virtual this was the sort of shit that would happen in real life <laughs> but really i think the virtual side has really helped you become like a vital part of ESSR because you've been doing all of the video production side and you really started mm. that when we did, like, as you mentioned, Saturday Draft Live, the fantasy draft show we do. Yeah. And every at the beginning of every season we do our selections for every team. And so starting season four, we decided to make its own wee, its own wee show mm. where everybody has a certain order. You have to pick a tag team and then it goes three and two splits of two females and, a, and two females or two males and three females. Mm. And then you got your, your most valuable, your, your main event is your round one draft pick. And then you go down and down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, and, and really that's the best thing we did because I've often joked, like, oh, yeah, I have to select and show the whole season goes downhill because it's never as exciting after that. <laughs> and sometimes it can be, especially the last few seasons with W's releases where every mm. so often somebody's team member is fucking gone. But yeah, and so you were like the main person behind like the video side of that. 
and nobody felt the need to mention to me that whenever I bent over to lean or to, to write down on the wee whiteboard, we had friend pics, and no one told me my arse was hanging it. So, which, so uh, that was it, nice it's became a meme. <laughs> you, had, you had to replay it on, a, on another podcast we did, but it was out so much you just put the logo over it. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking just like I'll, I'll, I'll protect him in that in that bit because I remember you mentioned afterwards just like God damn it, um, but yeah. So that came about because Pam and I were, but between December and January at that point, we had been working on a, a music video for a friend of ours called Jasmine McFadden, um, right. and she was she was writing this, she was doing a video for a song called Change, which we had we'd spent two days across that winter filming it. So that was the only days we could get in, really. Um, like my hair had grown considerably in the time since then. So you know, it was like before and after. I'm like, I'm not getting on camera on the second day. Like, no, no, thank you. And then I think earlier that day, she she'd also said to us earlier that week, um, I want to do some like acoustic numbers to put on my YouTube channel. We're like, yeah, okay, we'll come and film them. So we had filmed with her earlier that day, and then I remember I came in who was I'd spoken to, but I said, hey, if you guys want, you know. I'm going to be filming that day, so I'll have my cameras with me. Like, you know, I can film it for you. And we, so we get in and we had two cameras, you know, and like we mentioned, that radio studio was quite small. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I think, what was it? There was like 10 of us in the room. Yeah. Oh, like, good God. It heated up so quick. <laughs> nine people taking part in it and then plus Pam with a, with a second eight camera. Because yeah. we already had the mic set up as we usually, because we were going to release an audio version anyway. Mm. And we started doing a thing where it was we do an audio and a video one. But now we just started just doing the video because really the video one gets you like especially the reactions of people when oh, yeah. so, when somebody's a few a few ahead of you and they've stolen somebody you want. It's like oh god, now I got to think of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was it was good to have that because we got some good moments on the camera as well. Just you know gags. Um, I think Jack had just done his um bit where he won the 365 title so he was just sat there with a the belt up at the side of him just like hey the jack you know and I, I remember i didn't even know jack well but like he was one of the new guys he was he, he said something i made a comment something i'd said to about one of the team members so i just turned to him like sorry who are you again like, I don't <laughs> and the, the best bit i remember as well you, like you and dave are introducing everyone and you just go oh stacy's here <laughs> <laughs> And then Stacy goes and pulls the big swerve. Drafts Brock Lesnar later on, and everyone's just like, "Okay, I have to pay attention now." You know, <laughs> just immediately it's like the change. Um, but I so the way we set it up, I just thought, well, the best I can do is we'll have a camera on you and Dave, and mm-hmm. I'll put another camera in the corner to catch the the folks on the couch. So you get the top of my head. <laughs> uh, Stephen's not on camera at all. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so he's he's off camera. You get a full shot of like Stacy. I think it was Hotney, Alan, Gary, and Jack were all sat on the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. So you got them. Everybody crammed onto it. Yeah, and like Stacy's managed to pull up a chair. Dave is just. I felt sorry for Dave. He's standing the whole time. I'm <laughs> like, dude, grab a seat. Like, you know, like we can get more room. But I think, I'm pretty sure some of the guys that were on that show recorded a podcast literally before we recorded. Like, because. The thirtieth of January, so the last time a lot of us were together for a long time after that because of the lockdown. Uh, so a lot of the guys I think, did like a Royal Rumble look back show because the Royal Rumble mm. that year just happened. So a bunch of them had been in that room for like ninety odd minutes, had to come out, we set up, and then they're back in there for another hour. It's like we're doing it all over again. <laughs> 
Oh, here we go. Um, but yeah, we we did that show, and it was it got so un- un- uncomfortably like warm. And then it didn't help me as well that one of the camera batteries had, had chucked it halfway through recording, because you'll notice it ends up just cutting to this. Li- it, it lingers on you and Dave for quite a bit at first. Mm-hmm. And that was because the other camera that was looking at the guys had actually buggered it. So then we had to pause recording for like 10, 15 minutes, which worked well for everyone. We could get out and have a breather, but I'm just like, damn it, this is not good. My first go and that's happened. I was, I was kicking myself for it. But then I, I put in, I turned in the video for it and they were like, dude, this is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was happy with that. I mean, I just remember I had to put a wee bar at the bottom, just like, Ross McLeod couldn't make it for reasons, so here's his team, <laughs> just yeah. like down at the bottom. And then I, I think I, that was the first time I also put up um, like a full board displaying everyone's teams, <laughs> you know. And I, I did that for a later one further down the line because we did a few on Zoom, yeah. And then it got to the point where we just went, you know, we could just do live streams for this, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that that was the start of it. I mean, I'm, I really enjoy like the live. I think for something like this it's really good because now it's like a rotating thing of four people hosting uh, 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 Saturday Draft Live where it's two people like, on a rotating basis and every so often for like the start of the season or the big finales on selecting shows it's all four of us so mm. we've now started a system where it's basically all four of us on camera on a live stream and getting comments in and getting people's picks sent into so that works but you know, one day I would like to do that all again because that one for season four was the only time we all did it as yeah. like the one and you know like just uh, getting everybody's reaction, I think, was really good. Because, like, David, my uh, co-host, was one of the people who also cast in on me. And uh, also, I think I'd probably one of, the, one of my best teams because, like, people come up with very creative team names. And I decided to call mine kind of in the style of an American football team where we had a run guy that 44 is an unlucky number for me. So I called my <laughs> team the Glasgow Cali 44s. Nah, I remember that. <laughs> and so ahead of time, uh, Ms. and Morrison had just got back together. And David Campbell wanted them, but he had cast in on me a year earlier, and so I held I held a grudge. So I was waiting for the first one to get back. Him. And he's so, a friendly guy, really, folks. Just like honestly, what guy. you're about to hear, don't take that as thinking Scott McLeod is a bad man. He's not. He's I a mean, good man when he wants to be. So just take it as a good thing. <laughs> he's a good guy, but don't get on his bad side. Exactly. Because I can plot for years. Uh, <laughs> you want long-term booking? I'll show you. <laughs> uh, and then, so I'd had Keith Lee in my season the previous year. This is when Keith Lee had like the 2019 like Survivor Series performance and he'd mm. started the Skyrocket. And he'd done me well. And so Davis assumed that I wanted Keith Lee. I didn't end up taking Keith Lee. Uh, he said, like, oh, if you, I'll, I'll promise not to take yeah, Keith Lee if you, take, if you don't take Miz and Morrison. Ah, oh, you're right. And I <laughs> farming generally agreed to that. And then I remember. I, I put my phone down. I was watching while I was watching. I thought, "No, oh, fuck him. I'm gonna. I'm too ahead. I'm gonna pick Mr. Morrison." <laughs> <laughs> and just you watch about just to see his just way reaction, just to see yeah. Like, and really, without Mr. Morrison, I wouldn't have won that season because uh, I had him, they two, and Shayna Baszler on my team. Mm. The Solomon Chamber. They retained the tag titles at one chamber, and then the other chamber, Shayna runs through everybody. Yeah, and then wasn't it that they retained as well in that ladder match thing they did at Mania? Yeah, so I, I managed to keep on to I had a wee a 40, I wrote a 44 point gap, which then shrunk down to 6 points by the end of it, but mm-hmm. I still had a gap. But I remember Dave laughed at me for Shayna losing to Becky, and then the same night he had Rhea Ripley on his team, 
to launch <laughs> to Charlotte. So he said he'd sent me a, like a gif of Drax laughing. So I sent him the very same gif back the following night. <laughs> Uh-huh. Not so nice, is it? Mm. Oh, that that was a great that was a great moment just to have that happen and just catch that on camera because we got that. I mean, we had like a few swerves galore like that whole night, and um, because like Dave got us with one. Um, I'm gonna take the NXT champion, uh, Rhea Ripley, and then uh, we're like, <laughs> and then um, yeah, because like, like, he's because because also the the champ was Adam Cole and he's a big fan of Adam Cole to the point yeah, where you said the word Adam Cole, yeah, he would say the word baby to the point yeah. like. Dave, I swear to God, if you do that again, I think that's why I won't. I think that's why on the quiz show, then I just referred to him as Austin Jenkins, like just to kind of avoid it. Um, now, nah, but we we had that, and then what's his face? Um, Alan thought, you know, he was he was wearing an Undisputed Era t shirt that day, so he thought I could get like a wee thing, and I'm pretty sure. So that said, so he just you know he takes the jacket off, you know, there's like tons of Dave just like I'm taking your boy, turns around. Duke McIntyre, but he didn't even get the right. He just went Duke Galloway, Duke McIntyre. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> but that, like, that was great for doing like the swerves and stuff and getting it in person. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, you know, because like we'll have like muckups online or whatever. But it's, you know, it's not quite the same as just being able to like, have a a laugh in person. Yeah, you know, but yeah, that was. It was after that that you know I I had to stick around for the video side of things <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so after during lockdown obviously we were looking for new ideas new stuff to, you know because i think we were in interesting position with the way we produce content that we could do over zoom or over skype mm. so it's we were trying new ideas and like i talked about how you how important you are to the youtube channel and i'm not really just being hyperbole just because you're here on the show but like legit, we had a youtube channel which we barely use. We always talked about new content for it, but mm. uh, the content was very few and far between for what we actually put on the show. Yeah. Uh, so, and then also you started either new series because we like doing quizzes. So you decided to start a series called Quiz Showdown, and mm. uh, with a retorting thing of like uh, a metaphorical champion because there's no physical championship to really be yeah. had. The only real rule is each each time is that whoever wins the one quiz should have had to come back on it for as long as their champion or yeah. it, basically winner stays on. Uh, yeah, essentially that, yeah. Uh, so we did we did one and then it took a couple of months we did a second one and then after that it was it's become a monthly thing. Yeah. To the point where our time recording we're getting ready for the December edition or second ever Christmas special, which is gonna be hosted by me. It's the seventeenth one. I've, well, of course, being a re- as wrestling fans, I had to call it Quiz Showdown X7. Yeah. You, you gotta. I mean, hell, we did the last one, we called it 2000, you know, instead of 16. <laughs> so, you know, I'll keep the number thing going. Like, the, the, the January one's going to be X8. So, I'm keeping it going. Yeah, let's just keep it going. Uh, I'm also going to I'm, I'm tell whoever's, like, I can't mind off the top of my head who's doing 22, but I'm going to tell them you're going to have to call it Big Time. <laughs> It's just to say, I don't think the anniversary, the same anniversary doesn't fall on like the 20th one where we could, could have used the old WrestleMania 20 Tyler where it all begins again. I did think of calling it that, but I was just like, no, I don't, I don't really know. So, like, is that, I'm hosting that one. So I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about doing the where, where it all begins again one. I did think about it, but I was like, nah, I could do something else. But, yeah. you know, it, it's fun even planning them out. Yeah. Uh, uh, so did you have to like pitch this to Stephen, kind of like the idea of it, and how did you kind of like present this kind of idea? Like, did you expect it to be to keep going as this regular thing that we've got going? I uh, certainly didn't expect it to go regular, but it, it was basically just we were when we 
when we went into the pandemic, part of the April programming was going to be a quiz. Um, because Alan had done a, a, a QI quiz and it was going to be in the, the April blip programming. And when the pandemic hit, Stephen chopped it and he was like, now we're going to do something else that week. I don't think the quizzes will work over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I think they can. There'll be a way we can do it. Like, there's got to be somehow. And yeah. then it happened that I saw other like YouTube channels doing their own ones. Yeah. And I saw, um, I think about, I think it was WrestleTalk. They do one called Quizzlemania and I saw yeah. them use this site and I'm, I'm like, I've got to find out what this site is because mm-hmm. it would be a lot of like fun stuff. And then he mentioned it in one episode and I'm like, right, StreamYard. Okay. I go look up, I go look up StreamYard and I like go on it. I, you know, buy a subscription just to do a, a trial run and see how it looks. And I'm like, this is actually quite a lot of fun. We could, mm-hmm. we could get something from this. Cause the quizzes, I really enjoyed them. I, I'd only done like one properly in person and that was the rumble quiz. Like you just beat me on that one. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Cause that was what six points of a difference we were on it. I yeah, think something like, like that. Because seriously, we do a rumble quiz uh, and then we started doing it basically whatever the, whatever Johnny comes in, we just do it as a quiz showdown now, which I think is better, the best way to do it. But mm-hmm. it's like the rumble idea my brother had where basically you had to start with a big group of people and just the lowest score ever gets eliminated till you're down to two. And uh, the second one, it came to you and me, and we had to, for the last round, in five minutes, uh, write down every Royal Rumble runner-up. And basically, it was a case of... Because like, who's going to remember all of them? <laughs> well, I think you'd left six out, I'd left yeah. two. But Ross felt the need to mention how many I'd got wrong first to, to really build to the tension. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but, like, reveal the winner's thing first, and then show how much they've beaten the loser by, like... <laughs> You know, it's a classic like trope of just like they got this amount, but you got less. Therefore, the winner. You know, like that were well, fine. The only one, I, one of the only ones I couldn't get was ninety four because I didn't know if they're really. I should put no one because mm. like, the last two went over at the same time. Aye, and then he counted them. Um, whoever went out before them. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was. Like, I'd only done that one quiz, and I was just like, I really enjoyed that. I want to be able to still do more. And it's ended up now. I don't. I don't participate in any. I host them all now, pretty much. So, um, you know, I'm just waiting for one of the other guys to just say, "Hey, I'll take full control. You can take part in this one, and I'll be happy with it." You know, I'll be the. I'll be the maniacal host, just like plot twist. It's my show. I'm going to change the rule. You need to have said this. You know, I could have. I could do the full like you know, Vince McMahon style Re- Reign of Terror or something. But no, um, it's so. I decided to do that first one, um, and it was me, you. Alan Hotney and Quacko did the first one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be just straightforward, you know, question, answer, question, answer. We can open it up and have a bit of fun. And as it happens, around about the same time, you know, you know, me, regular YouTube watcher, um, the Sidemen did a little lockdown quiz. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys did a mock the week round. And I was like, oh, he- hello there. Hello. I could take that, that. That could be a good idea. So I did dating profiles, but the way I broke it to you was a breaking news bulletin. <laughs> <laughs> like, so this is what I want to know. Just like, I'll, I, like my brief question to you is what was your reaction when all of a sudden it cuts to static? I, th- I thought that I legit thought the link had, had went bad or something like that. Cause I think we, we, cause earlier in the quiz during one of the other rounds, we did like a drawn round, like a picture still thing. And Alan, <laughs> Alan legit, like you wouldn't see it on the actual round, but Alan legit. Dropped out the call, 
during his round. So I uh, his laptop like, died twice for a guy like you, 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 you watch carefully on the screen. He hops about a few places. <laughs> so I legit thought, oh god, we've we've lost it again. It's all gone wrong. Yeah, and then it just comes up saying um, that you're going to do improv in the next round, and. It's like basically they. I had them do the dating profile game where it's like I give them a name and they improvise like a wee one minute like old old school appeal video, just like hey, am I the sort of guy you're looking for? Do you like walks in the park? Do you like this? Hey, I'm your guy. But instead, it's wrestlers that they do it for. And um, I, I can't remember who I can't remember who I gave you. I think it must. I think it was Viscera I gave you. You gave me Viscera, Quacko had Kane uh, and just talked about burning loins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like um, I set hearts and loins on fire. Maybe you want to come with me. Maybe we'll have a little ride in the presidential limo. I don't know. We'll see how we go there. Um, Alan was given Chris Jericho and basically just recycled all the catchphrases. Um, and Dave- really Alan had never heard of Gene Snitsky because that's who Hockney got. But only just said the words, it wasn't my fault. About forty odd times, and yeah. it still didn't click for Alan. I know. Did not go and then, off. nah, but and then, you, and then poor Dave, he went to do like a bit about um, Gene Snitsky kicking the baby and the, the fake baby into the audience, and just happened to say, "I like kids," and we all just cracked. Like, nope, we've lost it now. <laughs> but it it was a great fun thing to do, and I was like, okay, that one had some legs. You know, it got a good reaction from everyone. So I'm like, maybe we'll do a second one. You know. I originally, I originally thought of it as a quarterly special. Yeah, I was thinking, right, okay, we'll do that one. But then, when you and because it was around about the time that I was getting ready to do the one with, because Hotney Host is the third one. Yeah. And it was around about that time that um, I can't remember if it was you or if it was Cam uh, Goat that came to me and said, "We're thinking we could do uh, an Iron Man match." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, go on, I'm listening. And the way it worked out was it was going to happen the next month. So yeah. I was like, well, may as well just make it a regular thing then. Yeah. Because um, I had another quiz written at this point. So I was like, well, I, actually, no, it wasn't even me. You had you had a quiz written because you did the one after the Iron Man match. Yeah, and I, um, I think I might have been involved in like, pitching it. I, I didn't know. I didn't think about the Iron Man. I think either you or David said the Iron Man match. Stipulation, mm. I just said I wanted to do a film-related one because that's Dave's me. It's film study. He's done a film he'd host a film podcast mm-hmm. uh, and so I wanted to do that as kind of a spin-off thing and like try and be a own game I didn't think it would be Quiz Showdown 4 I thought it'd just be its own spin-off separate thing Quiz Showdown would just be a wrestling thing yeah. but no it's like oh no it's Quiz Showdown 4 which was awkward when me David and well there's two Davids here like me David and Ross were on Quiz Showdown 3 Ross won but then was basically told, oh yeah, but you're not going to be on the next one because it's between us two. I so know. Kind of awkward that nothing was on the line other than just... I know, I had to read the champion address from him at the start of it. He, he was, as he finally pointed out, he was basically the Miz at Mania 27 and we're the Rock and Cena. <laughs> I know. That's actually a good way to think about it now that I think, now I look back on it. Um, I'm actually going to... I'll see if I can amuse myself here because it, it don't message me much unless it's quiz related. Um... So I reckon I could actually find said uh, champion's address. Okay, uh, here we go. So for a little treat for everyone, here is Ross McLeod's champion's address that I read out on Quiz Showdown 4. Dear bastards, not surprised that the first Quiz Showdown after my victory, Ross, as usual, has been pushed aside. 
Not since Carol cheated on Ross with Susan has a Ross been so discarded and mistreated at the hands of the people he trusted. It's not my fault that once again David Campbell ran his mouth and couldn't get the job done on the quiz. And it's not my fault that Scott once again chokes when given a challenger in the quiz. Yet here we are, the quiz showdown that was meant to be for the quiz showdown championship and just because Ross threw a spanner in the works, he has been mizzed. <laughs> Big David Cena, you can't see him because he is left again. And Scott the Cock Johnson, who instead of raising eyebrows, raises the question of how god-awful a person could be. Once in a lifetime, and good god, I hope so. Here they are, showing off film trivia on a successful medium, since nobody wants to listen to first-time films or Scott and Paul's rambling podcast. So to the two pricks I kept relevant while being on just about every single show in 2018, while one fucked about in Boston and one I hoped would just get fucked... Kindly, ram your pointless quiz up your arse. No regards, your quiz showdown champion, Ross McLeod. Lovely fellow, my brother. That is not bad. <laughs> I, think, I think on the following quiz where I was hosting it, uh, he made a joke. I uh, joked about, oh, people want to see the real you know, quiz or real main eventers or whatever it was I joked about. And I regret not giving this comeback when he said, uh, oh, how many people actually listen to Scotland's Round Podcast or first time films? Or how many combined listeners do they get? And Ross had hosted a show on the extra feed called The Raw Report with Jack. Uh, and then eventually we basically condensed all the weekly coverings into one big show called Central now that Ross was. Mm. Uh, but Ross wasn't the host at this time. But we just, so The Raw Report had just like no long been chilled. And so our, what I should have said, I still think about it at the time, was I should have said, well, they get a lot more listeners than The Raw Report does now. <laughs> Dang. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even. I don't even know what I did say, but it wasn't as good as that would have been. <laughs> but I think, yeah, like it's very only occasionally that you get to actually host it because you do still handle production. Like we think of like cool like graphics to go with the mm. around. So we had then we start we started doing scenes and like I like that each question has its own subtitle now because like, yeah. the third one they did a ruthless aggression theme quiz, so it's question three ruthless aggression, question four question goes Hollywood. I, mm. I'd say to go with the mania theme in that because I was holding the first one. I went, the quiz powers explode. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I, posted, I posted two since I did the 12th one, which I'd say to do like about the year and wrestling during the pandemic. So I called it Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows that we're going to pay in time one half of Teen Godfather here. So the one I'm doing at Quiz Show on X7 is called uh, Christmas Ain't Easy. <laughs> I mean, it's a classy name. I can't, I can't <laughs> complain about it really. Um, but that, the themes just kind of happened, like, because I, I wasn't really thinking about, like, taglines for it. It was just that Hotney wanted to call it Ruthless Aggression, and I was like, yeah, okay, we'll go for that. And then Goat said, well, this can be your quiz showdown for Goes Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Then you went, Mega Powers Explodes. I'm like, okay, I guess everyone's going to have a tagline somewhere. Um, and then I think I started that the next one was Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals. Cue the clip of the guy going, and a Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just carried on from then 14 was the first one that didn't have a tagline just because i don't think ross gave me one it was just the um, tv one yeah it was a tv one and it just there wasn't a particular tagline so i thought well we can do without the numbers it'll be like you know quiz show then 13 no one remembers that that tagline not not question 13 wrestlemania 13 no one remembers that tagline um like yeah you could just do something like that so uh that that was my main thought was it's we get the different themes because the first proper theme one was Hotney with Ruthless Aggression, then we did the movies, we've done Christmas, we've done, you know, wrestling in the pandemic, TV, film, like, you get plenty of scope, like, yeah. like I've got I've got a Scooby-Doo one written and ready to go whenever, that's, like, like, you can do anything you wanted, like, someone says to me, hey, can I do a Star Wars one? I right, go for it, like, 
you know, just save me a spot on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I know, eventually we need to get you, find somebody who can host and do the production table because there are a few mm-hmm. other people that can do it. Because I want to see what, how you would fare on the yeah, show. Because I before we were going as we in the curtain, we were going through the questions from our quiz. So yeah. that, you like to so like Daniel can think up the uh, the graphics and everything, and it was like that the questions appear on the screen for mm-hmm. the distance. So I was like, don't have to be curious what's going to be asked. Yeah, but like. <laughs> After the time and the one we just recently did, if if uh, Daniel was on the uh, the show, he'd have done very well for the first few rounds, at least that we were running through. I'm proud of it. I'm I'm happy with my I'm happy with my uh, first place for a couple of round trophy. Um, <laughs> I was basically doing what Stacey did on the last quiz show. Then that was being first for the first few rounds, and then it just went downhill afterwards. Um, like I would, I'd I'd just probably do the same really because I. Like, there'd be rounds where I'd, I know I would do well, and then there'd be rounds where I'm like, damn. Uh, but I think the most fun I've had, like, sorting the graphics was, um, I, I think it was on Dave, on Hotney's one. He just basically said, you, you know, free reign to do whatever you want on it, <laughs> which is a very dangerous thing to do. <laughs> just give me free reign on a graphic. So, Q, one of his rounds, uh, box office draw, and it's about, like, WWE produced films. So, I throw up an image from the chaperone. But it's not Triple H and April Winter in it. It's Hotney as Triple H and Jack as April Winter on the bus. And the best bit is, like, like you know, you get the laugh at first. Like the first reaction is you going, "Oh for God's sake!" And then Ross just yells, "Is that Jack driving the bus?" <laughs> and then, like, like on the most recent one, like Sarah hosted the last one. And she had a graphic of busted because it was like a pop culture nineties. <laughs> and we had Stephen and Gary and Derek yeah. over the three members of busted. But I didn't know that's what that was meant to be because it didn't look like them or the members of busted. <laughs> this weird mutation, like oh, what is that? Burn it, burn it with fire. Uh, my favorite one still is the Friends graphic that we did on Quiz Show Then Ten. We did the apartment quiz, and so I put everyone's faces on the Friends cast. I know. I make a good Chandler, I think. <laughs> I think you do too. You've got the right personality for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Which is why I remember I rewatched uh, like last year, as most people probably did. Like I rewatched Friends, and I'm like, I don't know why people watching back don't like Chandler. I, I seem to identify with Chandler because everybody has a Chandler in their group. That's sarky. Like, I'm <laughs> not good at the advice. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? <laughs> Jeez, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think she. And really, Ross was on the show. I don't even think she made Ross Ross <laughs> in the I'm, graphic. And I'm, I'm trying to remember who I made Ross as in the graphic, um, but we, like, I just had a lot of fun because, like, the graphics, I can basically, like, you know, make a end joke on something or I can just rib someone. Like, I think the worst person I've ribbed on it is probably Stevie. Because <laughs> we, um, so we did one, so this was on your one, question on yeah. 12. We did a round called The Forbidden Door. And originally I thought, oh, we could make, like, an edgy joke and do a Velveteen Dream gag. And I had it there. And I thought, right, lads, don't worry. I've got a second one prepared just in case you don't like it. Because <laughs> um, the gag was it was going to be um, the locker room door for Velveteen Dream. You're like, that's the forbidden one. Uh, <laughs> but then I thought, no, nah, I can do one different. And I just remembered somewhere, I don't know how I'd seen it, this photo had come up of Stephen and Holiday years ago. <laughs> and I thought, I'll stick that up instead. <laughs> so we put that on. We get huge shrieking laughter from everyone, and I'm and Stevie's just like not that one. <laughs> I'd argue the Stevie picture is is more horrifying than the idea of going into the Team Dreams locker room. But I would agree with that too, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> but like, 
the fact that so many people are like doing their own, like coming up with their own themes, there, there's like more people wanting to get involved in hosting now, which should which it shows that a lot of people are enjoying what's being done. But like mm. the fact that now you're all, all really you need to do now is like be the the graphics person. Now other people are coming up with the questions and the rounds uh, for the ones. Uh, does that kind of take some pressure off of you rather than having to come up with new ideas every month? It does, to be honest, yeah, because I found it when I was writing the first couple. Like The first one that I was happy with, because I'd already... That was mostly a quiz I'd written for some friends of mine. Yeah. And I just thought, well, I can just use bits here and there, because I'd used some of it on a, a, a Skype quiz that we did like, maybe a month prior. Um, and I was like, okay, I can write a few bits here. And then when... Folks are saying I've got a quiz right up. I'm just like, oh, this this helps, mm-hmm. you know, because it was really a thing. I was just like, if I do this monthly, how the hell am I going to write quizzes every month? I'm going to run out of questions or ideas. Yeah. So then, the wrestling quizzes helped out, um, and then the themed ones have just been a revelation because now it doesn't always have to be wrestling because mm-hmm. you know there's only so much you can ask on like you know the attitude era or ruthless aggression, PG era, whatever you want to call it. So the themed ones have been brilliant just to widen the scope. Because mm. if, if someone says to me, you know, I want to do a quiz showdown on, well, like I said, I've got a Scooby-Doo theme one. Like, you know, I can, we can bust out anytime we want. If I want to do Star Wars, football, Harry Potter, Marvel, what, you know, anything, just, you know, the scope is there. Like, it's unlocked potential. And the graphics is fun just because, you know, we can have a giggle with it. Mm-hmm. And always... Always want to make sure, like you know, if there's an idea, even like like you had an idea for a graphic for the next one, so I can fix that. Mm-hmm. If you have ideas for graphics, then brilliant, give me them. If you don't have any ideas and just say, you know, what can you cook up, I'll go away and do that. Mm-hmm. But it's quite handy just knowing because, like, I give I give the hosts like a lot of free reign. Like I'll say, right, you've you've don't, you've told me what the quiz is, and you can search for a lineup, you know just message the group and just go hey i'm doing the next one who, who wants in um you know you always have at least one guaranteed one being whoever the champion is on the previous one so you're getting um billy uh our new boy from swn tour the force performance on the last quiz showdown <laughs> i will say um like he i remember first he was just like i don't know how i'm gonna do and he ends up you know, in a few rounds wiping the floor with people and i'm just like the hell just happened here <laughs> like this is not what i expected but <laughs> But like I just, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure at first, just thinking if you're doing it all one man. But thankfully, that's you know that's now turned into, I think, well, we're on like maybe ten people who, you know, will have involvement in either way. So you know, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I, t- I remember like we'd done a Zoom quiz like just amongst ourselves before we even did quiz showdown. So it's weird to think that Stephen would say that he wasn't sure they could work over this kind of form because. Really, that's what everybody was doing in the first world, and everybody was getting together to do these kind of Yeah. And I remember I'd won that first Zoom quiz like by quite a comfortable margin. So mm. going into it, everybody was like, oh, God, Scott's going to win another one. And then I remember I lost that first quiz show, and I was shocked about it. I had to wait to the second one to finally mm. win one. Because uh, ah, Alan, Alan got the first one, yeah. and then you get the second one, and it's, you know, like, the, the good thing about quiz show is like, it's not always going to be the same guaranteed winner. Yeah, like because you know, as much as we're all knowledgeable about wrestling, the themed ones as well mean that you know someone could do one, and maybe it turns out oh, I didn't know as much about that as I thought. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's you know, you can get you can you can have someone who'll like wipe the floor in a wrestling quiz, 
give them maybe football and they're just like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be the same to be honest. Um, it, it's it's fun doing it like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've really taken to be on this because like, I took t- 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 to like the ninth one where I wasn't on it because every so often I wouldn't be scheduled for it, but then like so-and-so's pulled out and I ah, forget, I'll do it. Uh, and so yeah. we just never came around saying, I was like, oh God, lift me, just lift me, have a month <laughs> off, leave me alone. Well, if you, for the best part is like, I've got a, I, I have like a spreadsheet where I can keep track of like everything going on. Uh, so to give an idea, the second highest like, amount of appearances on the quiz showdown is David Hotley with nine mm-hmm. as of so far. Scott in total has been on uh, 13 quiz showdowns as a competitor and he's hosted uh, well after December that'll be three he's hosted mm-hmm. you know like he's, he's definitely one of my main you're definitely one of my main like regulars on it uh, I like I like Phil Jupiter's on never mind the buzzcocks he's just he's, he was on the only ones that was always there Alan Davis on QI <laughs> yeah I'll try to think of QI but I can't remember who it was that was, <laughs> was Alan but I feel like I've got really heavily involved even the ones I'm not meant to be hosting because I'm up every so often I feel like I'm just like oh god don't bug Daniel again but I've got this idea for a quiz show and I, if mm. I don't use it for a quiz I'm hosting he's got to use it because like, I suggested to you one uh, I was happy with because there was a whole thing about the 2020 election and Jericho sent out that stupid tweet I'm not a political <laughs> person and so yeah. I said to we could use that for the same format as game profiles but instead the wrestler is running for political office and so they have to give out an address to get people yeah. to <laughs> And that's been a brilliant one. We've used it a couple of times now, and it's it's actually just ridiculously how I never expected. I was thinking maybe it's nice that we're on the nose and we're doing the topical one. And then I thought of the the graphic, and I was just like, oh, I'm so happy with this. And it's just Jericho imposed on Trump's body, like pointing as though he's doing like the you know that photo of him pointing from like 2016, just like you know, just like yeah. like looking pissed at someone. And it's just I'm not a political person, but. <laughs> and the best, the best bit that no one's clocked is that in the background is the ESSR logo instead of the presidential seal. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you could put like daffy things on it, and so like you suggested that to me. Um, Sarah, suge- Sarah gave me a, a round format on Question Than Ten that I want to reuse again. I'm just waiting for the right time, and that's Cards Against Humanity, pretty much. Because <laughs> I remember Andy had even said to me of maybe doing something with it. Yeah, but Sarah was the first to use it on a like a show. I remember doing that right. I'm like, how dark can we go? Because Arts Against Humanity is for your more sick minded friends. But mm. I think at the same time, we're on YouTube here. So, and YouTube can easily just take you down for like a moment's notice. We, we, we played, we kept playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme in the last, <laughs> last we showed out, And we very nearly got the video, nearly got demonetized as a result. Well, I mean, like the, the demonetized, that's happened to a few of them, to be fair, because of the material used. But it was more that this one. Uh, wouldn't let you play it on mobile, whereas where most of the YouTube stuff is going to come from. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, how do you kind of fix that? Because basically, gag was every time someone in full said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a bit of the '80s cartoon TV theme would play, <laughs> and it got to the point where I, I just I loved this so much. Bless him, uh, Quacku went and said Quacku went and started saying it, and all you just see is poor Grant just going, no, 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 don't, 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 <laughs> and it happens again. He's like he became like Peter on that episode of Family Guy with like surfing bar. Like heard what Brian don't. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Stewie yelling at Brian, just like no Brian don't. 
<laughs> like, and also what was annoying is I didn't know I couldn't see Daniel. He was just like sometimes he appeared, sometimes he's in the back, like the wizard behind the curtain, just yeah, send stuff up. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> like you were playing, I was all the time. So I so I hadn't said yet. So I said it. I didn't know because I couldn't see Daniel that he was wasn't listening at the time. So. Every other time he's been on the ball, I see uh, it, and nothing <laughs> happens. I like, was marking up points at that point, and then I and, and I was actually Pamela just went. Scott's just said it, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> like, like Daniel, Daniel, don't ignore me. I know. And then Blumen, what was it? Hotnik did it on Saturday Draft Live just there, <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, even then, like, I, I like StreamYard can be quite like a, a big thing on your computer processor sometimes. So I had the countdown going, and I hit. To play the intro to Saturday Draft Live, <laughs> but it didn't play, and then all I hear is just like a uh, goat going, "We're still on the, the screen, Daniel." <laughs> I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's fun when stuff like that happens. Yeah. I, I've I've only been I get booted out of one of the recording sessions once on streamer because my my computer just went like shit, and then I'm like, "Fuck! I've been kicked out of my old show." Like, is that booted everyone else? Thankfully, you guys were still in. So I just came in and rejoined, just like, okay, I've got no idea what happened now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, like, it's. We have far too much fun with the end gags. Um, like, I, I was the first one to thought of that, just, you know, a wee running thing. Like, I mean, because it got to the point where Quacky went, um, you know, he did a remix of Shaggy's It Wasn't Me, you know, how. I, I forget that I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles plays the thing. Stacy then just goes, Quacker, how did you get permission from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The theme plays. Quacker just goes, oh, it's just one of those things. I just went, hey, yo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> plays the thing. And they were more than happy to let me have it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, most of that is now not in the, the final product because of the, the copyright block. But I know. Oh, that, that, was, <laughs> that was far too much of a good laugh. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so well, we will move on from... Yeah, quite so in a second because I know we talked a lot about it, but I was just kind of like your main like role in the group itself and put that into all the YouTube content. And mm. it's good that like when we bring new people and they can find their own role because then Jack, a few months into his run, uh, did the raw report. Now he's on Saturday draft lights. Everyone's got their wee place, yeah, which is nice. Uh, but if I had to, if I had to put you on the spot, uh, you don't have to rank them in like order from most to favorite. But if you had to pick your three favorite rounds. That we've been using, which are whether the ones you mm. came up with or ones someone else suggested, what would they nah. be? If you had to choose three rounds that stand out mm. above all the others, three rounds about all the others. So like dating profiles is like, well, I date, we can put dating profiles and I'm not a political person into the one bracket because it's like the same yeah. format. So I would say that's definitely my number one just because you get to see people just having fun and just being, you know, daft, just improv and impersonating someone. My favorite reactions is just whenever I send someone and it's just, I don't know who that is. That's on the way two minutes Googling. Right, okay, I'll, I'll try it. Um, so Dame Profiles is definitely in the top three, I'd say, as well. One that you suggested was Stars in Your Eyes, which uh, which has been brilliant. It's basically uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer with his star ratings in the Wrestling Observer yeah. newsletter. Guess what he rated the match? <laughs> and it's and like to the point where, you know, it's we I brought it back on one show and it got audible groans. <laughs> like that's the level we're on. Like, because it's it's such a it's a round that you you can have fun with it, roasting the match, and then you're just like, damn, I still got it wrong. Um, it's just, it you really show it really allows people to get their feelings out about Dave Meltzer as well. Oh yeah, it, it's it's cathartic in a way. Um, but 
what was it? So we had Dame Profiles, Stars in Your Eyes. I'd say my other favourite, if I was to have another one, uh, I'd say it's probably like, the, it's, it's a recent one that I brought in and it's option B, um, which is it's more so a gimmick rather than a, a, a round. But basically it's, if whoever's in last place, uh, I can ask them questions on their favourite band or artist. So they can get like a few bonus points in. That was basically me listen like me and my every now and then my dad would need help with his work. Like he works as a transit driver, so every now and then he'll get me to come out with him, and we'll just be like out on the road, like just driving. And usually about half ten, we make sure we're on the road so we can listen to the Popmaster quiz on BBC Radio Two. <laughs> and it is just it's Ken Bruce like just going, okay, we have these questions. Your categories are hello brother, you know, and all these different things. And it's just musical questions, and we're sat there just playing along, just like, okay, I knew that one. No, Tina Turner sang that one. Nah, that wasn't them. Nah, basically, Rollers did that. Nah, oh, no, that wasn't them. Oh, I got a spot on. You know, we we take we game each other on it all the time. And I thought I could do something like that, just as we throwaway thing. So it became a thing now that whoever's in last place can answer questions on you know their favorite band or artist, and it's just it can be anything. You know, I think. What was it? Ross said to me, um, I want either the music of Dwayne The Rock Johnson or, Brent, or Brendan Flowers as a solo artist. <laughs> yeah. Because Scott had already put down that he wanted Killer's questions if he was in that situation. And so I was just like, well, you're not getting The Rock, pal. So I gave him solo artist Brendan Flowers. <laughs> uh, uh, if I had to pick a couple, uh, I've got a thought of two of my own, but then one of somebody else's. Just so I'm not totally self-indulgent. <laughs> like, like I'm a big fan of the the fact that uh, I took this idea from another podcast that I'd been on that did this. I, I altered the name because with them it was just called what pay, what what pay per view. Uh, so I'd say you call it what's that pay per view, so we could use the graphic of the old Pokemon there. What's, yeah, who's that Pokemon? <laughs> I'm just too so- used to that, but then it just cuts to the John Cena bit for that meme years ago. What's that Pokemon? It's John Cena. Do, do, do. No, no, I, I was, I was like, every time I, see, I think of that meme of the guy watching it who just says, "It's Pikachu," Which, <laughs> and I'm sure it shows how many people know that because at least two or three people who were on that show when I saw, first showed the graphic all shouted, "It's Pikachu!" Yeah, <laughs> like glad that some people get the reference at least. So <laughs> we were happy with that. Um, but what were, what were the other two then? Uh, the other one I remember I used this. I think I've only used it once. It was on the, uh, the Beyond Thunderdome one. Was it that one? It was that one, or one of the ones I was that or Question in Five. But I see you did bring in a mastermind round that was help. Oh, that, that was five. Yeah, where basically at the end of the round, at the final round, everybody had their own individual set of questions. We had mm. one minute to answer your own specialist wrestling subject, and if you were in a, like you were like second or third, you can maybe build like, your some points back up or mm. if you're for, extend your lead. And so I had just had the idea of having a graphic of Sid Sid vicious with the idea of the mastermind and ruler of the world. Yeah, the master and ruler of the world. And I I put the graduate cap on them. (laughs) (laughs) And then one that you came because you mentioned Motley Week, and you kind of had a Motley Week round later on. But actually, it was actually one of the first ones, and then it got brought back was. uh, when you know the answers, I change the question. Which yeah. is about the week round. If this is the answer, what is the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because basically, I just thought you know we can have a bit of a laugh of it. Because usually, you know, about the week they have their funny. You know, they'll just roast it, and then at the end, you know, what's the right answer? So I figured I'll do the same. But I've I found every a couple of times I've had to say funny answer first, folks. You, I've heard the correct answer, but funny answers first. <laughs> 
but it's it's a good laugh just because you'll get like just most random stuff there was one you did i can't remember what it was but you absolutely floored us on quiz show then too and we're just like oh good good this is going we know this is good i think i think it was like well that salt and pepper which i think was actually the else no boss man feed and i just said oh what is the title of jimmy oliver's sex tape <laughs> I was glad to be your friend because it took me a couple of questions in that round to uh, to actually get anything because mm. the first two rounds of questions are which I ended up winning, but like the first two rounds I was not doing very well. Yeah, there was one there was one on question then six I put in because Tom basically said to me just like, come on, this here's a wee rib on Ross and it's um the name of a station in Amsterdam, Weiselgrat. <laughs> and seemingly like Ross had a nightmare pronouncing it and at one point Vajazzlegrat came about. <laughs> and we're just like I'll put it in and the minute I flagged up on the screen I could just see Ross's face just go <laughs> just like god damn it's brought that up <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you also got given another show on YouTube that we did called hey, uh, Book It which was basically a wee fancy booking thing which mm. weirdly when David Gamble hosted it he did the first use of it seemed things to go fine then it seems they handed it over to you. Seemingly a curse was cast upon it because scheduling-wise, the shows have been few and far between. So it feels, yeah. like, it feels like David Campbell cursed the show and then handed it off to you like, haha, now you have to deal with the consequences. I think that was just him going, you brought in an imposter Campbell, so I'm going to muck things up for him. Um, <laughs> nah, but it was... It's just, Booker for me hasn't really necessarily gone well. It's just more that... I think it's more that we had a tournament in the first one. So we had to obviously organise it around that. So we did like I think we did the quarterfinals in one day. All four of them within four hours, we got them done. Semi-finals, we got both of them done in a couple of hours. The finals, we could do them whenever, you know. But now mines are all just like separate conjointed, like separate episodes. So it's you know, I was thinking we could try and get them done in a, a good wee bit, but then I had folk drop out, and I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Um, but then the first episode did well. Second episode was was pretty good because that was you and you and Jack were on that one. Um, third episodes we just put out recently. It was the uh, the rematch from uh, season one of Stephen and Grant, and that one was good. Season like the next, I had a couple of other episodes planned, but it's just not really worked out so far. So I don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, but now nah, book it was interesting because I was laughing because. Um, I, obviously, I enjoy a good bit of fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. And Goat said to me, I want to do something like this, fantasy booking battle. I'm just like, I heard you have me at fantasy. What was that? Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that. And the first season went pretty well. Like, it was great just having everything done because I could edit all like, the episodes and then just queue them up for release. Like That I was happy with. Um, this, the, the latest run's not really necessarily worked out. So I'm, I'm thinking probably next year I'll kind of step back from it. And... You know, if folk have an idea for a one-off special, I'll say, hey, just tell me when you're recording it and I'll make sure everything's there. You know, I'll help out. But, um, yeah, it's been a unique ride. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny if we could keep like, a different host every season, if we managed to keep it going, like the bloody Defense Against the Dark Arts at Hogwarts. It's every every year there's a new teacher. <laughs> okay, so basically I'm the Gilderoy Lockhart, so that's why it's not going well. We just need someone to be the Ramus Lupin for the next one. Where it turns out at the end, oh, swerve, they've not really been on Suplex Retweet the whole time. They've been with Cultaholic. We could do that. <laughs> it's just like, no, 
I am not Ross McLeod. <laughs> I'm Ross Twiddell. <laughs> it's me, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not Stephen Wilson. <laughs> I'm Adam Pacitti. Um <laughs> But we could, you know, I would just like to have that. The other thing is, like, number, like, if we get, if we get to like season four, whoever the whoever the Mad Eye Moody is, ooh. <laughs> uh, but no, well, I've talked about your right role in the video production and everything, and you do a lot of this outside of the podcast as well. You you do your video production kind of work uh, alongside your fiance Pam. So you tell us a bit more about that. How you guys kind of get started doing that, and how that's been kind of during mm. the lockdown. Well. Pam and I kind of had both like different kind of origins when we're getting into sort of video sort of stuff. So for for me, like I'll get the less cool one out of the way first, and then I'll get to the really cool one. Um, so I was more just kind of you know interested in learning about films when I was really young because uh, I'd, I'd watched this documentary on the making of the original Star Wars trilogy, and I was just like, "There's a whole process to this. I, like, I could I could maybe I could maybe learn this." And that could be something I could do. It's something I still hope, would hope to do at some point. Um, and I slowly started making my way in. I was, you know, working with like clips I could record off my PlayStation. I was PlayStation Two back at that time. Um, I know. No. Uh, what was it? So I was recording clips off the PlayStation, and I was even doing like stop motion videos of like action figures that I had. And it was getting to the point where I was, you know, I was kind of getting some ideas going. I was writing a lot of stuff as well, like really bad Doctor Who fan fiction for the majority of it, yeah. But um, I actually had a full season written at one point, near enough, bar one episode, uh, out of which now I would say I've maybe saved two stories out of it, because you know, the rest of them I wouldn't really want to do now. Um, I still write bits every now and then, I'll just have an idea and I'll just go, I'll, I'll just jot that down, make sure I've got something. Um, but then I kind of took a break away from the video side of things, and then uni kind of my interest was kind of peaked again at uni. The course maybe didn't pan out how I was hoping, because in terms of the four years, I only got video once, and that was for one single semester. And I was like, mm, I would have liked a bit more. Um, and then for my honors year, you normally would get like a dissertation and maybe something else. But for media and comms at Cali, what they did was they gave you a project to do, and they said you can do anything you want. And script writing came up as an option, so I was like. I'll take that. Thank you very much. I'll happily go for script writing. So I wrote um, a story called One Life, which I would love to make at some point. I'd love. I think it has. I think it's definitely got legs to be some kind of film. I found, I found myself writing more bits about it. The only problem was the original script. They said it has to be either a thirty-minute short or the start of a film. And I'm like, great. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of buggered either way because I'd rather like write the full thing out and just submit that. But um, so I did that. And then uh, when I got to know Pamela, uh, it was kind of a thing of like, I kind of, we experimented on working with some kind of film ideas. And then, as I mentioned earlier on, Jasmine McFadden's music video came along. So we're like, right, we can make a wee thing of this. So we started properly as Pam and Dan Creations, making uh, like sort of wedding videos, mostly is what we've been doing lately. Um I put the ID in at the end of all the quiz showdowns now because Pam, Pam will give me some like feedback on it and we kind of work on the edit as well. Uh, Pam's introduction in the video is <laughs> far more superior than mine, to be honest, because her dad worked in the industry. Um, oh. Like Dougie, like we lost him last year, but Dougie was an absolute gem. Uh, 
and it turned out I, I, I was learning this slowly because Pam was just like, yeah, my dad works and stuff like this. And it's the things that he's worked on. He's worked on like, you know, he's been extras in like uh, some movies around about Glasgow. He worked on a, a Peter Capaldi movie called Strictly Sinatra years ago. He, you know, he's been a v- driver for all sorts of films. He's got a photo of him and Michael Keaton just like, hey, my buddy here. Um, <laughs> like, there's a story with that as well. Um, what was it? He told me this. I, I might get details wrong. Um, but he was on set, like, they were up, I think they were up in like Blacewood Square, like doing the shooting. Keaton's in his trailer just chilling. And he's like walking about and he notices that a paparazzi's managed to get on the set. And they're trying to look around for Michael Keaton's trailer to get pictures of him. So he's just like, God's sake, we we'll have to sign up for a bloody reason, you daft it. So he goes and gets a spray bottle, like to clean stuff. But he fills it with hot water. Mm-hmm. So then he just pretends he's fixing the ge- generator, waits for the guy to get close enough, stands up, turns around, just like, oh, you know, the water everywhere on the guy's camera. And he's like, oh, God, my camera. Oh, that's hot. And he's like, oh, I never saw you there. And I shouldn't be seeing you here back off the set. You know, <laughs> Michael Keaton just pops his head out, just like, everything right there. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you know, just ca- casual pal Michael Keaton. Um, uh. And then, Chad Wells, he worked on Prometheus. He was a driver on that. Um, He's he's done he's done a lot of things. He even did um he was part of he was one of the stage riggers for um Elton John and Billy Joel's face to face tour when it came to Hamden in ninety eight. Okay. Like, oh he he did quite a lot. Um and he worked a lot on like TV shows as well. He he worked on Berniston, uh Gary Tank Commander, a few different shows here or there. Pamela got in a few times to meet some people. She's got photos of like Harbour the Castle Tiger, Frankie Boyle. Uh, Rob Florence and Ian Connell from Berniston, you know, you know, just uh, and she showed she showed me the James McAvoy one, just like yeah, this is me and James McAvoy, and I'm just like God damn it. And then the one time that she got a phone call from him, he's like, ah, oh, had a toots. I'm with him. I'm with this guy here. Hello, it's Rupert Grint. You know, <laughs> like it's just he, he had these great connections, and he still does. Like well known story here. Yo, little scoop for you. Um, <laughs> so he had a he had a pal of his. Um, Called yeah that is a pal who's an actor called Ian Hart and Ian was like I got the script in I'm just I don't know how I feel about it it's um basically it's I'm playing a teacher who turns bad I don't know how I feel about that he's like I think you should go for it still it sounds like it's a really fun story mm-hmm. and he was like ah, okay I'll go and I'll go and do it mm-hmm. and he went and got the part as Professor Quirrell in Philosopher's Stone so you know <laughs> yeah like he had great connections and. He had always kind of like, you know, Pamela being around that kind of grew a love of it. So, you know, she always like team photography would, and then me knowing the video side of things, we thought, well, we, we can combine this. And we're essentially kind of living out, you know, both our wants to do it. We're also getting Dougie's wanting to do it as well. So we're happy to crack on and do this. And we have a blast doing it because <laughs> it's literally like we will go in and we'll, fi- we'll film and video the weddings, uh, you know, photos as well if they ask us. Um, but we've just properly like rolled out, you know, getting bookings in. We've got quite a few for next year, which is really exciting. Um, got a few, got one for twenty twenty three. We got one for twenty four as well. Um, just yeah. a wee bit out, a wee bit out from when we're getting married that year. So it's really exciting for us to do it, and it's honestly such a good laugh just doing it because. We like to treat everyone like fairly nicely. Like we'll just go in. Okay, so before we do the actual wedding, we'll have a Zoom call with you. We'll get to know you so that we don't just turn up as the random folk with the cameras and you're just like, oh, there, there. 
like we'd rather just chat with you and you know be in a good term with you and then when it comes to the day we'll do the business we'll make sure you have a good day and we make sure it looks great on the camera so you know it's it's good having someone who wants to do it as much as you do like and that kind of thing and pam and i just give each other ideas where we can so pam and I creations is definitely a really fun thing to do like we've just we worked on a brochure no, uh, not long ago pam's just finishing it up just now as we speak when we're recording this um and we're just like we're, we're really just going in full gear now and i'm absolutely loving it so like but having like this stuff to do with her and then also everything you're involved in with with the sr like this almost monthly rollout with with like great showing it seems like by the time the one's been released and edited somebody mm. else has already got theirs planned and then like within a week you're like okay everybody who wants to be on next month thing so yeah that, that's how that's how i try and do it it's just yeah. you know like keep it fairly consistent that way you know we can keep the wheels going and then as i know i'm gonna have like a few more like work bookings next year with stuff with pam then you know even if we can get them done in advance then i can be like right okay uh like i'm like is that, i think we got a few bookings in, in february so i'll you know, I'll we'll film like two in January. That way, one can go out the next month, and we're covered. Like it's a machine that we can keep it going, and you know, I'm I'm confident with how we're doing it. So, you know, I, I'm getting to make videos. This is what I've been wanting to do for years. Yeah. I mean, it's gone from bad Doctor Who fanfics to producing monthly shows on ESSR's YouTube to actually doing what I wanted to do, which is go and be a videographer. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. So you know that also you're not just confined to that. You also get to be on ESR like with the podcast and the weekly feature shows and everything. Mm. So having all of this with ESR and then also the stuff with Pam and the video editing over the last year or so, has it been good for you to have all this stuff to kind of keep your kind of mind busy or keep your the creativity flowing, especially over the last year with mm. everybody kind of confined to home or having to work from home? Like immensely, because I mean, like even even as far back as when I joined, like I wasn't really doing too best mentally, so I was. You know, kind of like needing something to kind of keep me going, and joining the SSR definitely kind of helped in that direction. Because now I can go out, I can, you know, I had laughs with everyone in the studio, and then, you know, it's even just like even just a simple thing is you know opening my phone and I'll see the chat head for me SSR in the corner, knowing I've got folk there I can gab away to just about yeah. anything really, because the chat's not all wrestling. It'll be you know, hey, this TV show's on. Who's watched it? You know, like just like or even just as recently the big thing. Hey, what's your top 10 of the MCU or whatever. Um, uh, no, I, didn't get, I, I, I didn't get involved in that because I'm pretty sure me and Carl and Bunnies are going to do something like that next year. I just, thought, like, I'll just, thought, I won't do it. Can of worms. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll keep my thoughts myself on some of them. Um, everybody's like, how dare you have a different top? <laughs> you put Black Widow at this one? Nah, um, like, it, it was just, it's good stuff having that. Um, the pod stuff has definitely helped a lot through lockdown because you know it meant every now every now and then i could hear from you guys and just chat away and then planning quest showdown means i'm in regular contact with at least you know maybe even six of you yeah. at one point you know because i've got you know because i'll have um it won't just be like messaging it'll be like what we're doing right now like a video call to chat away about what we're planning for the show mm-hmm. um because i had that with you i had it with alan not long ago um because he had an idea for one uh, I had it with Stephen. You know, just we go over everything, and I get to just chat with everyone. That's that's mainly what I'm enjoying. It's just I've got like a, a good group of friends now. 
Yeah, and then and there's can, wrestling too. <laughs> and, and I can I can vouch for how weird the chat can be at, at times, but like I get that almost double now because I got this chat, I got the Rogue Opinions chat. Mm. He's like you talk about to you, I'm not a fan of like shows like The Bake Off, right? I'm not when I watch the show, but you got you should see the Rogue Opinions chat. Some of those guys whenever Bake Off <laughs> is on, like I don't even get involved in it, but I'm just getting constantly okay. It's like oh, it's Bake Off night, then Bake Off the night, lads. Oh, it's the final the night, like and you're just like, like that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do your thing, lads. You do your thing. It's like, do your thing, I'll do mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's been some weird debates after our chat. Like, we even took it to Twitter when everybody, some people said, like, is it a piece and jam or a jam? Oh, sandwich? for God's yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. I know I know my little cousin's answer to that because I get sent a video of her like, having a wee uh, snack downstairs and she just goes, Daniel, I'm having a piece and jam. I'm like, there we go, there's her answer. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you talk about you and, and Pam, and I've met Pam a few times, whether it be virtually because she appeared on camera like Chris Jordan or once or twice before lockdown, because I was actually mm-hmm. she was the secondary camera for the for the draft selection. Yeah. Uh, so so well, even I've only met her like a few times. So how did you guys kind of meet if you don't mind me asking? So we we met online, um and it was it was the strangest thing because uh, it turned out she had been around me a lot more than I thought. And not like stalking away, just we'd, we'd been in the same circle, just we didn't know each other. Not, not in the bushes outside your house. What bush? <laughs> I, there, there was a bush, but it disappeared a while ago. Um, but <laughs> it's um, So it turned out she went to Cali as well, exact same time that I went. Uh, she was doing law and I was doing media and comms. And then we graduated the exact same ceremony as well so like literally 20 minutes after i get called up to get the thank you she goes up to do it so i watched her go across the stage not realizing i was gonna know her and then there's a photo i've got of me and my aunt outside uh the concert hall for the graduation and her dad's in the background like you know it's stuff like that and then even you know back to the wrestling connection the raw that was in the hydro in 2016 there's a shot where we're both in the same picture like I'm down on the front row, and you can identify her as the only blue top in the stands behind me, and it's like, like it was crazy. Um, but then we met, and it was, it, you know, I, I was trying to play it cool. So naturally, my first interaction is to send a gif of a bear going hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> it worked, and then we're we're just sending gifs back and forth, just daft things. And then I send uh, a Vince McMahon gif. I can't mind what as uh, he's doing. She replies with a Daniel Bryan gif, and I'm like, "She likes wrestling." <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and it, we met, and it's just it just clicked right away. Like it's it's one of those like things you'll hear people say it, and most people will just go, Ooh. but I I just knew that it, it was that was it. Like when I met, I was just like. It just feels so right. And then even was it like actually as we're recording this, our fourth anniversary is coming up at the end of the, the week. Uh-huh. Um and like we, we went to we went to the same Queen gig that weekend in twenty seventeen. And I was just like, Oh, this is fantastic. And she came back and just went, Here, I bought you this. And she bought me like a wee like bit of memorabilia, like a, a tour. Uh, commemorative sixpence that they put out for it because Brian May plays with sixpences and I was just like 
Holy crap, that's fantastic. And I'm pretty sure that was the night we went official. So, um, yeah, I was just like, okay, this is definitely perfect for me. And then it's just been going from like one strength to another with video stuff, getting engaged, uh, just cracking on with doing all the videos and weddings. So I've been loving every second. Oh, that's nice to hear. It's weird because I remember what I started after you joined the bike, you mentioned the Raw, that was like 2016. Mm. Like, I think there's a picture of you like, as well, like getting, getting lucky enough to be so into you. Because like 2016 ESR wasn't a thing yet, it wouldn't be a thing to the following year. Yeah. But like, I think it came out that a few people from ESR were all there. Like me and Ross were way, way up at the top, mm. almost at the top of the hydro. Yeah. Like, and so there were people dotted about and everything. And nobody like knew each other yet, which is I mean weird. <laughs> like you were right down the fucking right in the front, and then as far far away as you can be, me and Ross right at the top of the hydro. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a guy sitting next to us who didn't make a pe- the majority of the show, and then mm. during the dark segment, something funny happened. The guy laughed. He'd been so silent that when he laughed, Ross shat himself. <laughs> <laughs> the the only shat myself moment I had that show was at one point like they did a bump where like um. They baseball slided Nia Jax off the apron and she just like gets that pissed off look in her face. But she makes eye contact with me very briefly and I just fill on go, oh bastard, no, no, thank you. <laughs> but uh that that was a good show to be fair. Like I yeah. absolutely enjoyed it. And then knowing that Pamela was there, like we rewatched it a few weeks ago, like oddly enough on the anniversary of it, and we were like, Yeah, so there's me. Pam, where are you in that shot? Oh, there you go, I see you. <laughs> like we're just watching for each other in that in the whole episode so we were having fun with that yeah. you thought about doing like some doctor who stuff like i'm pretty sure you've shared wee clips of like and we still from your film that you made you were making like years ago yeah you've, you've kind of got involved in like the film state of things because i mentioned our pal david Campbell did a, a movie uh 10 reasons not to make a, a movie he did a um, movie yes <laughs> and you, <laughs> and i remember you got a wee credit and i think you helped some of the titles and that and, uh like, yeah he like, was it he said to me um I know you're doing the, the podcast stuff, say things, but um, I had an idea um, for the opening titles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And we kind of talked vaguely through what it was. And he said, realistically, free reign for you. I just want these titles to appear here. I would like at least this one thing. And I just went away and worked with it because I knew instantly in my head, well, if we're going to make it about a wrestler, I want to involve a wrestling ring, an arena, you know, big name and lights kind of thing. Uh, and it was a really nice process. I would just go away, work on it, send a draft off to him and uh, his producer, Brian, who's who edited the film and did a great job with it. And I was like, what do you guys think? And it would be, looks good. Can you maybe change this? Hang on to that show a bit longer. Can you do this? Like, I was getting feedback off of other people, which bef- like before that, it was always just me doing my own stuff, mm-hmm. which is, you know, in a way, obviously, you know, you know what you're wanting. But then if you get other people giving you feedback, you're like, this could be even better. Mm-hmm. And it was the same as well, even with the Doctor Who stuff, because that one that I put out last year, Pamela worked on that with me as well. So I was getting her feedback on it. And I'd much rather have feedback from people than nothing at all. So when it come to when it came to the the intros, uh he even said afterwards, like I'm I'm gonna add in a credit for you on the the actual end credits. So normally on the end credits, like the the solo names you get is flashed up first. And it would then cut to like the uh, you get like producer, director, writer, editor, production assistant, cast, mm-hmm. then just the scrolling credits. He added in one for me, which I thought was a nice wee touch, and I was like, oh, I've never had that before. Thank you very much. 
and then he asked me he asked me to do a poster and i just put i just put it down the bottom just <laughs> <laughs> like i've got to get on it <laughs> and it's weird because like you got a credit for the film which is the nice but like how long that film was in development and everything how it changed and i'm gonna have actually david on this show eventually and mm-hmm. to talk more about it but like how long he had that and like there's a, a couple of stills from it that are showing in it and it's one of all of us that was uh, there for like the wrestling scene in the film mm-hmm. it's on the wrestling page. and that is that right that this, this is going on so you've had a credit on the film but this has been been developed so long like that you'd even know the majority of the people on the podcast when it started like like that shot of everybody in the, the ring that was in 20 that was like summer 2019 mm. so that was even like a few months before you even joined the podcast yeah. and then it's taking all this time later and then here you are with a credit on it and then me alan and that look at or we're at the screening for it and be like oh look at that wrestling fan number two Scott. <laughs> wrestling fan number two. yeah i remember because you were <laughs> you like the one one lovely thing that's came out of doing quiz showdown with you <laughs> is when you go heel <laughs> it is the greatest thing because i remember one. i think what was it um alan went to the the big watch night y'all had for SummerSlam back in the summer yeah. and he came back to me and the one thing he said that i was like well, i've never expected this he went by the way scott when he is drunk is bloody hilarious and i went I've go on that. do tell and he's and he, he he coined the term sassy scott and i was like I need to see this sassy Scott. And thankfully you go and heal and quiz show then gave me sassy Scott. And I was like, I didn't have to get pissed at all. <laughs> I know you did it sober, which was even amazing. Um, I, I don't but, have the highest tolerance for alcohol, especially if I'm not eating, which uh, I hadn't but by the time, uh, because like I, by the time the food arrived at the big SummerSlam watch fire, I was already a few strombos in at that point. So uh, <laughs> once I get a few in, I start to feel the effects of it. I stop yeah. giving a fuck about what I'm saying, which, <laughs> which, 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 which can lead to that. And he's not the first person to say that. Like, I remember, like, second night of Amsterdam, I was up on the dance floor with everybody. And, like, I didn't know what I was doing half the time, but, like, there were a bunch of Alan's pals who never met me, but they were all saying, oh, that was great. Like, you need to be doing there or that at the wedding and everything. And, <laughs> yeah. And, like, you say you go and heal and quit. So, and I kind of have to, because mm. before that, just to being lonely, maybe, or just being a smarter. <laughs> Just being the fact that I I am I just somebody who has to know a lot about stuff and that I'm into. Like I can't just have an interest. I need to know a lot about it. Yeah, and the same. I, I I have a lot of information stored in this brain, and hmm. at the risk of information I probably should or should know instead, it's something that's been pushed out in favor of who won the King of the Ring this random year. <laughs> <laughs> and just so, like who went out in the quarterfinals in the second match of the nineteen ninety three King of the Ring? I know that. Do you know how to administer CPR? Uh, m- <laughs> it's, a weird, it's, a weird, it's weird that actually I could give you the answer because I did have King of the Ring 83 review a few months ago, so I know the answer to that. Damn it. I think Strat randomly was there with his missus at uh, Stephen Lawrence engagement. I'd never met her, but then hmm. he was introducing people and he, joked, he said to me, he joked about how, uh, how like, much random stuff I knew. And so he threw a random question at me and I actually knew what, it, what the answer was. <laughs> I can't tell you what the question was now off the top of my head, but... <laughs> Like through that and through the street and everything, like I've like won a lot to the point where people stopped like enjoying the fact that I went and get and not physically annoyed at the fact that I won things. <laughs> and like that's not my fault. Like really, people are like, okay, you just not win this. Okay, like, Snitsky, we get the point. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like, I will not apologize for the one of the only things I'm good at. <laughs> No, but it's been brilliant because, like, going back to the ten reasons bit, Andy was on 
number th- was a question on 13 hmm. and he makes a joke and you just respond with her it's about as funny as half the jokes that you made in that 90 minute film that we made about you <laughs> and then i just the only sole time i had a good line i just chip in with go by the way just in case you're wondering there's a reason why he's the top build and you're accredited as wrestling fan number two <laughs> <laughs> And the best bit is that we have that good laugh, and then you just get Ross, who's sat there listening to it, just going, can we start the quiz, please? It's literally it's literally like that moment in Still Game. Open this door! No! Open this door! And then it's the reverend with the funeral procession. Could you open the door, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember... So, yeah, I feel, I feel like I've just had to lead into it because people don't want me to win, and so I'm just doing it out of spite now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like, remember that Christmas one where I we did. Like, I accidentally said the answer to it before it was revealed, like <laughs> totally accidentally. That, that was I, that was Pamela's Christmas round, and I it was. <laughs> I brought her in just like I don't really know much about Christmas stuff. Pam, do you want to do a, a big Christmas round? She was like, absolutely. You said Christmas, and um, so one of the questions was, "What's the name of the Grinch's dog?" And Scott decides to have a little uh, joke about. And in the midst of it, gives away that he answers Max. Because one of Ross's dogs actually does look like Max. <laughs> it's the dog used like for Max for the like the, the 2003 one because he's got brown fur and everything that mm-hmm. Bobby used. And so I said I have a jokingly said that Ross, your dog looks like him, so you should know it. But I actually said it, but like I maintain that we'd had a few seconds for people to write down. If you didn't know the answer before I said it. Yeah, like, it's one of the things you should know when it comes to Christmas films. Mm. Like, I remember I still won that, and I joked to you guys like, "Guys, I'm shouting out answers. Clearly, I'm trying to throw this." <laughs> you still couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And then we did we did another Iron Man match, me versus Dave, who before the quiz was like the like main quiz guy, but mm. then but then somehow couldn't win that quiz showdown. So we made that a theme with me taking up a notch as the arsehole. But then, obviously, because it's just a case of like we're not scripting this, like scripting the actual questions here. Like it's just a case of who knows more. And yeah. so I somehow win. So like, wow, this is all set up for Dave. But now, in the most like most downer way possible, the bad guy somehow still won. <laughs> yeah, it's basically um, you know the season ends, or we want the new season to be. How does he come back from this? <laughs> uh. Like that's gonna be up there. What top ten times the bad guy won? Because <laughs> the top ten times the bad guy won. Okay, number two was season four of Lost. Number one is Scott McCloud on Quiz Showdown. <laughs> uh, but you know we've been we've got a lot more hours like just reminiscing than I thought we would. So I think we're gonna I guess there's one more question before we wrap things up. Go for it. Like go, going forward with uh, either ESSR, not just Quiz Showdown, but just ESSR in general, or the uh, the stuff you're doing with Pam and everything. What are some of your kind of long-term goals for kind of looking in the future? You know, things are starting to turn to normality. What are some mm. of the things you're still kind of hoping to achieve, whether it's part of ESSR or in your own life? I still would love to, you know, do ESSR stuff. I'm enjoying what we're doing. Um, one of the things I would love to do, as you mentioned, is things are going back to normal. Hopefully, uh, we've got a new variant kicking about a time of recording. We don't know how that's going to affect everything. Um, but I would definitely love to do more in-person filming at some point because I think a quiz showdown would work wonders in person. Yeah, and there's a few formats we have coming up that I think would suit in person. The chase is one of them. Like mm-hmm. if if the stars aligned and we were able to do it in person, I would just love it. 
not only for seeing all you guys there, but just, you know, we can mm-hmm. be like, you know, your monthly meetup to go and just like have fun, that kind of thing. Um, I'd love to do a quiz show in person again, you know, selfishly gear wise, I'd love to, you know, upgrade the cameras at some point. Pam and I did recently kind of say, like, if we want to upgrade the cameras, we'll wait till we're at a point where we can just get the whole lot done in one go. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, we went from 1080p to 4, 4, 4K. How did this happen? Um, and he also said 4K. That's a different one. Um, but <laughs> I had to get a reference in. Um, of course. You did. Of course. Uh, other than that, it's. Other than that, long term goals will be mainly uh, the script I mentioned earlier, One Life. I want to finish that properly and have my definitive version of it. Um, and hopefully there's something with it. Um, other than that, it's just, you know, more work with <laughs> the video side of things. Pam and I are always looking to get more stuff done weddings-wise or even just any kind of booking, so we're keeping an eye out for that. Uh, but we have our website, pamandancreations.co.uk, and, you know, we have our Instagram page, pamdancreations. We, we, we show off some of our stuff there. Um, so it's... It's a, it's a lot of fun just to get more work, so I'd love to get more of that. Um, yeah, basically just, you know, we're, we're on a good trajectory up already, so keep it going. That's good. Uh, so I just kind of like to round out these ones, basically looking at here to like ambitions for whatever kind of field people are in, just, you know, try yeah. and end it on a more optimistic note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's like I know the one one change will be that in a few years it's not going to be a case of you know like Pam and Dan is like two different people like Pamela Brogan and Daniel Campbell and in a few years it is going to be Pamela and Daniel Campbell so that's what I'm looking forward to as well yeah that when our initials can match the initial of our our film company I'll be happy with that <laughs> like we purposefully did that for just for that reason so yeah. <laughs> That reason and that one alone. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to wrap us up here for New Rogues Bard. Uh, so the first person to come in out say the podcast is this. Uh, you're proven to be a, a good choice, Daniel, and I'm glad you were here. You know, for Thank so. you. You are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm regretting not giving him any presents. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, God damn it, I've inflated his ego. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for being here. But you meant we've mentioned it before, like some of the stuff you're currently involved in. But just for people who maybe weren't listening fully, feel free to plug away. This is that section of the show. Uh, what you got going on that people should definitely check out. Well, I would say definitely check out uh, Pam Dan Creations on Instagram and Pam and Pam Dan Creations um, If you've got any occasions coming up or any anything you want some photography or videography on in the Glasgow area, well, you know throw us a wee DM, we'll see what we can do. Um, ESSR, I'm still working on Quiz Showdown. Uh, we got Quiz Showdown planned at this point all the way through to even September, going as far as that. So we've got plenty to come next year. I've got a few lined up, so you know, you'll see me on the YouTubes at some point. Uh, beyond that, you know, nice and quiet. I've not got any uh, films of old footage that I'm putting out again, so I can have a break from that for now. Um <laughs> But yeah, if you if you if you want to check that out, um, that was Doctor Who Isolation. We've got it on our YouTube channel for Pam and Dan Creations. Uh, you know, it's 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 eighteen minutes of me running about in footage that I filmed eight years ago. You know, <laughs> I I worked with what I could. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got on. So I've, I've blown my trumpet enough. <laughs> uh, 
I also make sure if I'll eat, sleep, suplex, retreat for everything. Squish Show generally did all the other stuff that they've got going at suplex, retreat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube channel, of course, to see shows like Quiz Showdown, book it. The, uh, the video versions of the live streams we've done for uh, for the, the drafts and other things. Uh, so I've got feature shows on a Tuesday, Central on a Thursday, Saturday Draft Live, me every, every so often on that. Uh, we're on a rotating schedule every Saturday, as the title would suggest. <laughs> uh, also follow us here at Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and Instagram. Rogue Opinions 20 at WordPress.com uh, for any articles. Some of the guys have been doing it. It's been a bit quiet on that front, but some of the guys are hoping to do some of the articles by the end of the year. Uh, a show that Daniel was on back when it was called The Mandalorian Pod, now called Pod 9 Easy. We'll have a new episode next week looking at the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Uh, really looking forward to delving into that. Uh, Daniel, uh, Carl's got a new show looking at Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's just started. Uh, no Rogue's Bar ticket the past episodes I've done of this. Uh, there's a bit of a schedule delay, but hopefully shortly after Daniel's episode goes up, I'll have an episode with my uh, co-host on the Retro Smack Review, Sam. It was a bit delayed, which is why we've done Daniel first. Uh, and uh, speaking of that, Retro Review means Sam will be doing a new episode of Smackdown very soon. But uh, right now, if you want to hear what Sassy Drunk Scott sounds like, you can check out the Insurrection 2000 watch along that just went up today <laughs> at the time recording, where me, Paul and Brian get drunk and occasionally talk about the show that's playing in the background. <laughs> it's anyway back to the wrestling 2.0. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't even have time to get into what that's a reverence to. But uh, also Scott and Paul's Rampog, which is now under the Rogue Pains bar, but it can also be found at its own account uh, at SP Rambling on Twitter. Uh, where we're doing a, a series of lookbacks, kind of 30 years on, with uh, our next show is going to be on the 1991 Survivor Series, where we decided to kind of do a three shows in order, because the, the, the running theme of the WWE title, so we're going to do that. In December, we're going to do This Tuesday in Texas, and then the 92 are almost 30 years on in, in January. The show me and him have reviewed very early in our podcasting career, but we decided to look back on it years later as we revisited, so I look forward mm. to doing that. So I'm starting to wonder now that I'm doing this... Uh, don't you realize now that I've done that outro just how why some people joke about how busy I am but you know <laughs> I'll, sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead <laughs> so I'll sleep and then that will be me for the rest of the time <laughs> but, but Daniel as you are I guess I'm going to give it to you about what, what should we play as the outro the choice is yours as our guest as an outro hmm well you could play many things but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles. We're the evil shredder of tech. 